0: what's up guys welcome back to the podcast tonight's episode with our good friend Alex D'Angelo the best thing about this cat is you never know where the hell these conversations are gonna are gonna go and this was a fun one enjoy Talking about Oliver, we were both up there this summer. It's before we even started, we we're talking about like being in your early 30s now and having a career that makes money and having some financial freedom. It's cool to now be able to do these like fun little exploring trips and you kind <clears> of, <throat> I don't know, I don't know about you, but every single one that I go on and I had like three little short, I don't know, four to six nights trips this year i'm like so grateful and so excited about each one and just like one of them was obviously a big winery one (laughs) in uh finticton and naremata a lot of wine man it's just like it's so cool to be able to appreciate how good that shit is now right when when you're like 21 to 26 or whatever and you're just going out with your friends Wine wasn't really a consideration, and if it was on the table, you're just drinking it to get hammered. But now, like, tonight we're, we're uh, promoting one of our good friends at Scorched Earth. Great winery and great people. In Kelowna. Love those people. Very nice 2016 Pinot Noir. I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but... I'll tell you this, though. It's cool to be able to, like, actually appreciate some really good quality stuff that is made in BC.
1: Yeah. You know what I do think, which is kind of interesting? What? I wonder what would 22-year-old Danny and Alex, who are sitting in my parents' basement drinking beer, think of this exact situation. They'd be like, why the hell are they on a podcast? And why are they sipping Pinot Noir? I wonder if they'd be proud or if they'd think we're
0: assholes. I think if you said the word podcast, I would have no idea what you're talking about. Huh. Yeah. That was 10 years ago. And I don't think we were drinking beer. We were drinking Captain Cokes. <laughs> oh. Was that your jam for a while? That was Danny's jam. my jam, jam for yeah. a while.
2: Okay. It's
0: so bad. Playing uh, Tiger Woods 2009 in your basement. Oh, my God. While you built a huge-ass fire. Yeah, I used to build these rager fires
1: in my parents' basements. Like, we would have this thing so hot that you couldn't put more wood in it, right? Holy shit. I almost burnt down the house one time.
0: I was just going to ask you to tell the story
1: about how you almost burned down your house. Because the fire was so hot. I couldn't simply place a log like you would normally place it, right? You normally put like normal fire, you get a log, like you're not gonna burn your hand, you put it on there. But this fucking thing was melting glass. It was so hot. It was like pure embers. So I got like within like three feet of it and I tossed um, a log onto it and it hit the side thing and dropped the flu. So now the flu's shut and there's literally an inferno going, right? So right away, I go into like pure flight or fight. So I'm just like, I'm going to fight it. I got close. And I was like, flight. I was out of there, right? So I went upstairs and I just ran upstairs and I got uh, oven gloves. And I ran back downstairs and I grabbed a golf club and started just fucking hammering on this flue, trying to get it open. But I guess because there's so much heat below and the chimney was cooler because it wasn't an inferno. This is my understanding of the science behind it. It was almost like a vacuum in some way. Like, like because the heat, it wouldn't allow me to push it up. And I, this could have been because of panic, but apparently cold air, hot air, metal, I couldn't open it for some reason. I don't know. The, the, I don't know. I so, don't know what you Google to find out if that is correct. I actually, I think <laughs> I think a guy at my golf club, is uh, he builds fireplaces. And I told him about this story. And he said, mm-hmm. like, that was the reason why. And I was like, okay.
0: So, anyways, go so back. So, once up. you start the fire, if you haven't opened the flue, it is extremely hard to open the flue when the hot air is on the bottom and the cold air is on the
1: top. Well, the thing is, like, the flue is like the the chimney was warm because there was this inferno going. But I guess when this thing shut, the like, you know how pressure works with like like how weather works, right? Right? Pressure systems, right? So apparently that created like some sort of vacuum. So the basement is filling up in my parents' house really, really quickly with smoke, like frighteningly quickly. To be honest with you, I run back upstairs. To be honest, I wasn't scared. I felt really focused on what I need to do. Grabbed a fire extinguisher. <laughs> you, fuck, it sounds like I'm making this shit up. Grabbed a fire extinguisher, never shot one in my life, pulled the pin like a grenade, pointed it at the thing.
2: Oh, no. Fired like six
1: years ago. So I go back upstairs, grab a second one, come back downstairs, don't waste any time, pull it, nothing. My parents had two fire extinguishers from like the 90s, Okay. And so now uh, the house is billowing smokes out of the windows, out of the stairs. And my dad comes downstairs wearing, I don't even know where he got it, but like a, like a face mask. And he grabbed the, the fire extinguisher from his car. And we just, and we put out the fire. Uh, I, I don't really remember actually the next like couple hours, but I remember when everything settled. Like there was like this much soot on every single thing in the basement like the DVDs were covered the bar was covered the pool table was covered every like you could like go to the window and go like this and there'd be like a line like a, like a crevasse you know and yeah i don't remember if i ended up cleaning it up or what happened but it, it all ended up working out somehow
0: what was the first thing rod said to you after
1: the honestly whole thing? i i don't know if he was had a couple but he wasn't really that pissed my mom Was really upset because her mom, my grandmother, was there at the time, who wasn't very mobile. And she was, it was pretty dodgy there. I think, I don't know if she was trying to get up the stairs or trying to get back down the stairs to get something, (laughs) but I don't know. I can't, I I can't remember. I just know that Grammy's immobility somehow created an issue during this whole thing and like a bit of panic because like it it was pretty, because like from outside, like, like, like smoke was billowing out of the windows.
0: What do you think was so important in the basement that Grammy had to go down to get it? I don't
1: know. Okay. I'm not sure if she was coming down the stairs to get something as her room was in the basement or if during this, I don't know, this situation, she was trying to escape up. Sorry, that's not funny. But she was trying to escape up the stairs. That's fucked up to say. But like, I just remember trying to either get her up or down the stairs. Yeah. It was, it, like, I, it could have so easily burned that house to the fucking ground, man. So easily. Good thing it didn't. Yeah. That was so, like, my fascination with fire started really young. In Nova Scotia, we'd have these bonfires and we'd have to start them. So we'd just pour gas. And every every week we'd pour us a little bit more gas until, like, someone had a couple too much drinks and just just dosed the thing. Lit it. And just the flames just passed everyone. And I remember thinking, wow, well, you wouldn't want to do that inside. But here we are. (laughs) That was crazy. Yeah. Could you imagine if I burnt down the whole family home? Jeez.
0: It would have been a very different feel to that story that you just told. Totally,
1: man. (laughs) It's so funny how like little moments, if they go just a little bit differently, it's okay. You know, if it turns out okay, it's okay, right? Yeah. You were just visiting Grammy. I was just visiting Grammy. Grammy's in Halifax, Nova Scotia right now. She had a little health hiccup, and man, somehow she pulled through. I don't know how. Her, uh, she's 84. she's not in good health. And uh, yeah, I got a call. Like this is a woman who's been hard on her body. She smoked, she drank. wasn't healthy, but like she went through this like kind of minor surgery, and afterwards everything was fine, and then her kidneys just stopped working. And so we get this call that she might not make it through, and this is another situation where we can tell this now because she made it. But when we we, I flew out Saturday night. Me and Devin were watching a movie. I had uh, at least two bottles of wine. I get a call, panic call, being like, "For my sister, you know what could be my brother? Actually, could be my mom. I don't know who called." They said, (laughs) "Hey, we need to go to Nova Scotia right now," and I was just like, "Yes, sir. Okay, let's go." Right. So Devin packed me a bag. I grabbed my passport, which turned out to be her passport that we would find out later. That's okay. Um, And yeah, I just headed to Nova Scotia. Uh, We thought that was going to be it for Grams. And like the doctors thought it was going to, like everyone was really pretty sure it was going to be it. And then she just woke up and she was like, kind of okay. She was like, uh, like they're by her side. They're like, you know, mom, we love you. Like they're right there. And she, she woke up. She's like, (laughs) and if you know her, how she talked, she was like, Yeehoo, I made it. And I was just like, what a fucking. And I thought about that a lot. Like, what an interesting, like, being so aware of your own mortality to say that in such a dire time, like, make a kind of joke about it. It's a very different mentality than I would have. I'd want to see charts. I'd want to see nurses. I'd want to see doctors. For her, it was just like she woke up from a, like, a two surgery, you know what I mean? But yeah, her, her kidneys stopped working and she's on the road to recovery now, by the sounds of it. And I landed last night back in Vancouver from Nova Scotia.
0: What's the flying experience like right now? I haven't fl- flown on a plane in two and a half years, probably. Um, Within Canada, it's not too bad. Uh, I think it's the same anywhere. <clears throat>
1: Basically, well, going to Nova Scotia, they have that Atlantic bubble, right? So before you enter, did I even do that? I think I did that. Before you enter, you have to fill out forms, upload vaccine cards, stuff like that, before you can actually land in Nova Scotia. I'm like coming back to BC you can just land and get off, right? And um, yeah, the flying experience was kind of interesting. Um, you have to wear a mask at all times on the plane. But if you have food in front of you or drink in front of you, you can take your mask off. <clears throat> so I was like, okay, so I just kept on ordering scotches yeah. and just like, for me, I feel so cla- I'm already claustrophobic as shit, right? Now I'm in this metal tube, surrounded by people, the guy in front of me, Frenchman from Montreal puts his chair right down, (laughs) so I'm feeling really trapped here, and I'm like struggling to breathe already. So I'm just like scotch and you know like struggling, but no, it's not too bad. Like the flight itself, if it wasn't for the transfer, it wouldn't be that bad. It's four and a half hours of Toronto and then an hour and a bit to to Halifax, Mm -hmm. so it's not that bad of a flight. Um, But yeah, the only thing is you just keep your mask on the whole time. Um,
0: What else is there? While you're thinking about what else there is, is is there any? reason for the mask on a plane thing like if if you can take it off and I don't you, if you're eating for 15 minutes and you take it off how is that not the same as just breathing for i don't four know hours? i don't
1: know if it's like a blanket thing that transport canada has yeah. for all things
0: of travel it's just they have to do something yeah. so they just do it i've yeah. i have no idea they have to look
1: like they're trying because my understanding is like when you're on a plane pre-covid right people are more likely to get sick because i think the air is recycled yeah. obviously because there's no yeah. oxygen at 35,000 feet. So there are machines to recycle the air. P.S., remember when I was on that plane that almost crashed is because that machine broke. And then they have a backup that kicked in and that broke. And then the mass dropped. It was fucking dodgy, man. But there's a machine that recycles air and it keeps the cabin pressurized. And that thing is kind of, I guess, I don't know how that works with COVID. Like if it's extra recycling in the air or if it's triple filtering <laughs> the air, like off. I have no idea. But uh, yeah, I just kept my little mask
0: on and, Watched a couple movies and read my book. I wonder what percentage of people have been on a plane when the masks have dropped.
2: Oh man, that must be so so scary. Yeah, it's really scary because you know shit's going down, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, and
0: there is literally nothing you can do, right? No, no. If you're in a car and someone like cuts in front of you, you are slightly in control. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was, it was worse
1: than being. It was honestly worse than what it was like in the movies because. I was sitting really near the front so I could hear what was going on in the cabin, right? I can hear like literally alarms going off. There's alarms going off in the cabin. And before anything happened, basically what happened was the whole plane depressurized, okay? It lost pressure. So like your ears start hurting really badly because something broke in the plane. Mm -hmm. So people, so when that depressurized, uh, the lights go off and the thing goes into a nosedive. I'm not making this up. It goes into a, a straight nosedive because I'd find out at a later time, it has to get to a point where the pressure inside the plane and outside the plane are the same. It can't depressurize at 35,000 feet or else it implodes on itself. So basically the lights go off. This thing goes like this and then the masks drop and I can hear alarms. And no one's saying shit, right? No one's saying a fucking thing. And I was literally just like, oh my God, this is it. I cannot believe this is how it ends.
0: What are passengers
1: doing? Fucking going ape shit, Freaking the fuck out. Yelling, screaming, crying. It started with the kids crying. And then it's, then the, like, like people might start crying and then adults start crying. And as you come through the clouds and you can see the earth approaching, everyone's screaming and crying. Put Jeez, it, and like, like I didn't even put my mask on at first because I was in absolute shock this was happening. I could not believe this is how it ended. And the, 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 what's it called? The stewardess went by and she was like, put on your mask. I was like, oh, okay. So I put it on. And I was just fucking hammering on this mask. Like, I don't know if it's just pure oxygen. Maybe it's meant to calm you. Maybe just like, like supposed to be air, but I was really hammering on this mask. And then we got to a certain altitude and the thing just went whoop, evened out. We Made an emergency landing in Calgary. As soon as we landed, the pilots got shuffled off by the airline to apparently go to some sort of like PTSD decompression or something. And then they just brought us a new plane and like maybe one out of five people got back on the plane. That's it. eh? What? People just didn't want to go back on the plane. Like they were like, people were traumatized. Like people were like, really fucked up. And I was like, in my head, I was like, well, it happened once. It can't possibly happen again. So I got back on. But the plane going back, like, there was no one there. there was, it was almost empty.
0: New pilots, new plane, everything. Huh. Man. I wonder why pilots, you would assume that pilots go through a lot of training to deal with a situation like this?
1: Like, a lot of what I'm saying is, is kind of how I've interpreted it. But, like, my, I'm pretty sure when these people grab the pilots, like, there's people right there, like, taking the pots and they're taking them somewhere else. And it's my understanding that it's to to somehow, like, decompress them in some way from what just happened.
2: They probably want to know exactly what's going
0: on, too, So, my first thought would be, like, it's more them questioning them to say, what happened? Did you guys fuck up in some way? Did you press their own... No, I don't think so, because... Versus like if they let them do their own thing and go to the lounge and chill before their next flight, they have the opportunity to talk to each other and say, okay, you know, we fucked up, but let's stick to this. Let's say this is what actually happened Yeah. so right. that we don't get fired. You can't
2: corroborate right? a story, right? If they pull you off right, well, because right. They pull you right well, away. Well,
1: the, well, the, well the, in this case, the, the thing that keeps the cabin pressurized, mm. when we took off. Apparently that. That's some stopped working.
0: I just don't know how planes work, so I don't know if they have control the over things like that. Well, I'm
1: I'm assuming it's automated to keep the thing pressurized. And then the second one that stopped working, and that's when shit really hit the fan. Yeah, it was it was really it was really really scary. I was I was pretty sure I was gonna die. Where I were was you even, coming from? I was coming from Nova Scotia
0: to from, Okay, so so from or Halifax Toronto?
1: Montreal, Montreal to oh, Vancouver. Montreal. And it was like a full plane going, and then. Yeah, it was. It was really scary. Like I was, that was the moment in my life. Was I was pretty sure I was gonna die. Like I was like, this is probably it for me. And I wasn't even sad. I wasn't scared. I was really pissed off. I was like, I cannot fucking believe this is really. Yeah, I could not believe it. I was in shock. That's interesting. I know
2: it is interesting. (laughs) It's like you have so much more shit that you want to do and get done, right? You're upset that it's gonna cut short. Yeah, and like part of me was like, well, I just finished vacation, which is nice. I feel
1: like shit physically because I've been eating and drinking for like a month, but. I'm like, I'm like, man, this is really... Like, and I wasn't really that scared. I was just really angry. I was just like, I cannot believe this. Like, what a
0: shitty way to die. It's actually not a terrible way to die because you would not quite feel anything. It's true. It would be quick. <laughs> just the terror on the way down.
1: Man, but coming through the clouds was so scary because and, and on it, and the plane actually makes a sound when it goes down that steep. It sounds like it does in the movies. It's like, like you can hear it.
0: <laughs> it's scary, man anyways i hope no one listening to this is afraid of flying Hopefully. i would assume that's the pilots that make the plane go down right yeah i think so of course Yeah. so maybe because they have to I- bring i'm still pressure. thinking about why did they get pulled off so quickly maybe it's like okay what was your reaction time to this happening like how did it all happen and they just want to get more information to make sure they didn't fuck up so they can keep flying planes maybe man you know something i want wonder- i don't think that's PTSD no. shit for them, man. You don't think so? Like, I would assume. Well, maybe not PTSD, but maybe some that...
1: sort of like, 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 maybe not that extreme, but some sort of mental like decompression. Like, hey, hey, Peter, come in the office, have a tea, let's talk about what just happened. Because like, I, I'm pretty sure like the best way to deal with like really, really like traumatic situations is to like almost immediately mentally address it afterwards and have like some sort of process to like, um, like immediately address it. Waiting a couple of weeks is like not even close to as effective.
0: You would assume that a lot of their training, when they become a per- commercial airline pilot, is dealing with potential issues that could happen, right? Like apparently, flying a plane—I've never flown a plane. I've been in planes. Apparently, flying a plane is not that hard. It's very commuterized. Once now. you, you take press off a button, then, yeah, yeah, and you're just coasting. And if shit goes sideways, that's when you need to deal with it. Totally. So I'd assume most of their training is that. Yeah, man. I, I don't
1: I, I can't be certain. Another thing I'm not certain about is like. I think that the lights were on before it went like this, and I swear to God, and this could be like me, like having a bad flashball memory. But I almost think that like when shit hit the fans, I think they shut off all the lights and the emergency lights went on. But I can't remember. Like the lights are on your cabin, and then when it goes and the mass drop, and you hear the shit, I think all the lights go off and all the the tracers down the middle go on, and like the emergency lights. I found that interesting. Like why would you want to be like mostly in the dark when this is happening? so passengers can't see other passengers freaking out no man people were losing their <laughs> shit I was, I was actually in an aisle by myself I had no one like had nothing I was just like oh fuck put on your mask I was like okay man put it on never anyone else to assist and then I just waited I
0: wonder what the other three quarters of the people were doing in Calgary
2: I think they're still there? No, no,
0: no. <laughs>
2: I, th- I think, flying. honestly, I
1: think people would have just went and got a hotel. Yeah. People
0: were really, like, hotel really. Hotel fly home tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, or,
2: like, do something. Like. Or try, rent a car. And
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see Alex and, like, the whole announcement. There's, like, 120 people there. They're just still crying and freaking out. And some, like, stewardess or, like, <laughs> person that works for airline comes out we're so sorry about what happened. There is another plane. It's going to be leaving in half an hour. You're all welcome to, you know, go this way. Otherwise we'll pay for your hotel, whatever, whatever. And Alex is like, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll take a seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to
1: get home, man. I'm tired. I'm totally. I've been traveling all day. Yeah. And actually on this last flight home, the one last night, holy shit, you might not want to fly with me, man. But it was a two hour delay because I, we got on the plane, everything was fine. And the people from refueling it, the, 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 I guess the fuel nozzle fell out and they lost 700 kilograms of, of fuel what? all over the side of the plane. And we had to, all, everyone get off. They had to clean the whole airport, like the whole, we had to, every, everyone get off, take everything out, two hour delay. And we went to another like port to get a new plane out because apparently there's just fuel everywhere. I don't know if that's common. I don't know if that's rare. It can't be that rare, but apparently they lost, the pilot said like it was only 700 kilograms. Like that seems like a lot of fuel. I, how much, I'm trying how, how to figure out
0: why is it measured in kilograms? Isn't that a that. solid material measure? It's a weight. Weight, kilograms. Yeah, kilograms. But like water,
2: it's density, right? So it's one-to-one for water. Like one liter of water weighs one kilogram. Well, but that's I not fuel is.
1: Sure. Yeah, it is. No, no not, not everything thought, weighs the I same thought, as water, though.
2: No, no, you no. You no, have no. a liquid that can. I'm be just hydrated. saying, yeah,
1: yeah. I thought liquid, I'm liquid water. is measured
0: in, in the state's gallons, but here yeah. Liters. Yeah. liters.
1: Yeah, it is. He, well, so what's a kiloliter?
0: just A thousand liters?
1: said seven hundred.
0: It could have been 700 kiloliters. Because he said kilo something. He was French. grams makes no sense. That's like what you measure solid material or like like baking soda. Well, maybe, like maybe it's because, oh, fuck, we have no idea what we're talking about here. But maybe it's because <laughs> when
1: something's pressurized, like propane, for example, when it's pressurized, they measure right, it right. differently,
2: right? Because it's pressurized, right? You get 20 pounds of propane, right? Exactly. But it's a liquid type, or gas.
1: Totally, right? Because it, when it's in the thing, they measure it in pounds. Mm-hmm. They don't measure it in... But
0: gas is liquid. Uh, is jet fuel? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On to the next one, boy. <laughs> Jesus. I, was, I have no idea what we're talking about. Okay. There's a few things that I want to bring up. And I mean, knowing our relationship and the conversations that we have, there's going to be a lot of tangents and a lot of random shit. Okay. One is real estate market. Okay. And what is going on with you right now in real estate? I'm. <clears throat> my perspective is, It is so hard to buy right now. It is back to 2016, back to like whatever the craziest years I've seen. Probably 2016, maybe 2017 for condos. But there's very low supply and it seems like anything good is getting 12, 15 offers. And being a mortgage person, you're only working on the buy side. And if I just go by our team's stats in the last 30 days, It's so ridiculous. Lucas in August, I think, was one for 14 in writing offers (laughs) for buyers. Wow. Wow, that is a lot of time writing offers. So I wrote an offer today for a client in North Van. List price, which was comically low. So the agent, to me, the agent is like just fucking with people. Yeah. It's a mistake. That's what I think. But list the property at 1.999. We walk through it on Saturday and I say to the client, I said, I think this is going to sell for at least 2.45.
2: He was off by that much.
0: I was going to... I said at least. Yeah. So I, I was thinking high two fours. And today I got 15 offers. They wrote an offer. Got 15 offers, sold 518,000 above. So sold two, five, one, eight. Sold half a mil, over half a million dollars. So <clears throat> people put way too much uh, emphasis on the list price. And like agents that market themselves as I just sold this as $300,000 over list price. Yeah. That just means you fucked up, man. Or like it means it's a stupid list price. Because out of 15 offers today, I'm going to guess maybe three had a chance. We wrote an offer that was like 350K over asking and he didn't even call us back. That's wild. Fuck. So maybe two or three had a chance. But what's the point of wasting 12 other people and agents and buyers? Emotion and time. Anyway, what's your, what is, because really. So you're asking like what it looks like on my side? Well, the market is fucking crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So like the spring was very busy. And from last, let's say fall or uh, summer, probably saw like a 10% increase across the board, maybe more for single family. And just from like July to September 1st, we've now seen like another five to 10%. Which is such a short period of time, but North Van. So this is this was in North Van. North Van is such a prime example of like looking with these people in the spring. These types of homes were like two point one, and now this most recent one was two point five one eight. That's a tw- that's twenty percent increase, right? That's four hundred k. This is a pretty cool home backing onto a greenbelt. So let's say it would have sold more like two three. So let's say ten percent increase in literally thirty days. But I guess the, the competitiveness of this market for a lot of upsizing products is crazy and buying homes is so challenging. So like, are you seeing a lot of, what are you seeing with buyers right now in terms of like buying homes? <clears throat> and is that affecting your like initial communication with someone coming to you saying, hey, you know, I have a townhouse, I want to buy a house up to $1.6 million in Coquitlam or something. What does that look like? Are you preparing them immediately? Or are you just like saying, yep, I'll do the pre approval, let the realtor handle the preparation? So, one thing I
1: really, really don't like to do is pretend I'm a realtor because I'm not a realtor. I know nothing about being a realtor. (laughs) So, when people and clients all the time ask me about thoughts that are just not mortgage person thoughts, like basically my job is I say, here's your blank check, go spend as much as you want. I'll give you $1.6 million pre approval, okay? If you want to spend $60,000 or $1.56 million, that's on you. But this is the ceiling, okay? So I think what buyers need to do is they have to be prepared to know that, you know, if your purchase ceiling is 1.6, you probably shouldn't be looking at places that are listed at 1.599. Okay, so that's one thing I just, and I also like, when they talk to me about prices and stuff, that's not my world. That's not my jam. Go okay. talk to the realtor. It, and They talk to me about strategies on you know on how to you know position their offers again that's not my world i do see a lot of offers and i kind of see what works and what doesn't but like i don't ever i basically and again like i don't like what you just said lucas went through having 15 offers and having one accepted <clears throat> in my world it's a bit different because we do everything for the pre-approval like i think i've, I've told you this before there's five things you get pre-approved for yeah. right the five c's you got character who you are where do you live? Where are you from? How long have you lived there for? It's about you. like You specifically. You got credit. What's your credit score?
0: Keep going on this. I'm just going to fill up Carl's
1: glass. And my glass, too, please. So character, credit. You have capacity. How much money do you make? How much can you, go, can you afford? You got capital. How much money do you have? Um, how, like savings. So we can do all four of those things. We pre-approve all four of those things. The only thing we can't pre-approve is collateral. What is the property? Because there isn't a property yet. You know what I mean? So when we give someone a pre-approval, we're not working on that file again until they have an accepted offer. Because we've already done all the legwork for the first four parts. So they might go right on five, six places. But me and my team, we don't enter that situation again until they have an accepted offer. So we're not really doing a ton and ton of legwork like you just said Lucas was doing. Yeah. Because we're basically doing the same thing for everyone that we would do regardless of the market, right? Like really, like we want, and the pre-approvals we have because of how competitive the market is, like we want them to be absolutely rock solid. We want all the documents. We want everything reviewed. We want the credit report. Like I want to know if this guy bought a Snickers he didn't pay for in 2016. You know, I want everything. And then from there, once we have those four check boxes, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) then they just have to find a place and then we will jump back into the file. But we're not like how competitive the market is and how many offers people are writing. For me and my team, it's like we're not—we're not. um,
0: It doesn't affect us. We're just doing the same thing we always do. It's so funny. Like, whenever you tell people you're a realtor in a market like this, their immediate like reaction is eye roll and say, "Oh, you must just be loving this." And I, so when Lucas said he was one for fourteen in one of our team meetings a couple weeks ago, I was like, "Bro, catch up, man." Because in April twenty seventeen. April 2017, I went through a stretch where I was one for 23.
2: No way, really? Oh, yeah, I remember it very clearly. a lot
0: of work. It was over like three, three weeks, which is a lot of offers. One for 23. But it comes like in climbing markets like this, there's obviously some skill in terms of evaluating a property for a buyer, getting them prepared, doing all the due diligence beforehand to help them be comfortable writing a strong offer getting their deposit ready. There's a lot of shit that happens. But then there's also a little bit of guesswork involved because home like this, this North of Van example that happened today, the comps probably said it was worth, or let's say worth sale price, same shit, market value was around two four. There was one that sold last week for 2.327 and this was a better house. So what is the value of that better house? I'm going to say a hundred grand roughly, but you also have to take into consideration buyer (laughs) like fatigue by like just how desperate people are getting because there's nothing available and they're worried. They're seeing every single week, a new sale price that is higher than the last. And so they're worried that if they don't get anything for four weeks, they're going to pay another hundred, 200, $300,000. And so you have to take that in consideration. And so I thought, value based on last week's sales or two weeks sales was probably two, four, but guess was high two, fours and it sold for two, five, one. So there's like a little bit of guess. And I think that is obviously a lot of experience, but when people eye roll me and say, Oh, you must be loving this market. We work with half buyers, half sellers. Sellers are great, so much fun in this market. Working with buyers right now is so challenging. And like, You have to be so patient. You have to prepare them really early that they're probably going to be disappointed. And there's a lot of work that gets zero money, right? Because if someone is writing a subject-free offer, I, our team, take so much responsibility of like, if this is accepted, they bought it. So there better not be like a question mark going into this offer presentation (laughs) that if they get it and you're like, oh, fuck. I didn't uh, research that easement. What the hell is that? You know, like, same on my end though, right? Oh shit, we didn't write an oil tank clause in there. I didn't even talk to the client about an oil tank. What? We can't have that totally. So it's like a few hours of like due diligence and talking to the city and permit history and all this like behind the scenes shit that a lot of time right now is just going out the window, but has to be done. So I guess on your end, it's more like, Business as usual. Maybe people are just aren't as, aren't transacting as quickly, in a like in a more stable market. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's that's pretty pretty accurate.
1: I think that, like for me, I'm just everyone's kind of biggest supporter. Like I, I try to keep people from being like sometimes I'll get calls being like oh man you know we gave it all we just didn't get it like people like can get really down on themselves, and I just try to keep people positive. Like if you want something, like just like and I, like people like when I bought my place, remember, there was, we looked at a lot of places. And like when I found my place, we put an offer and we got it. Like it's good feeling. Like you will, like what's going to happen, what's supposed to happen happens. Things happen that are supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't get the place, you know what? It might maybe it just wasn't your place, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny because on one side, I'm doing it my job as on the residential financing side. But as now I'm looking to buy my own place, it's like my own emotions get tied into it. And it's a completely different ball ball game. It's completely Mm. different. Because like now, I don't know. It's like, it's so different when it's you, you know? Because you can advise. It's like how you can coach. But then when you actually do it, it's a lot different, you know? 100%. Because your own emotions get tied into it.
0: That's why I think it is, is really important to, like as a realtor, be involved and be invested into real estate. So that you can understand and coach people around those emotions too. And like be aware that they're going to have these emotions going through the process. It's um, like, it is weird. And now I can see them. I've had the privilege of buying and selling seven different properties in my life or in my real estate career so far. And it's um, you get better at it. It's like a practice thing mm-hmm. that, You can see the emotions now. Like when I sold Oliver, I had a little bit of that, like, oh, it should be, it should sell more than this. But then you remind yourself, like, this is what someone's willing to pay for it. It's just a commodity, like, it's a piece of land. Yeah. What is someone willing to pay for it? This is the guy that is writing an offer that's willing to pay this much. It is what it is. Totally. And if that's 20 grand off of what I think, like, it's such a small margin on those price points that, like, that's what someone's willing to
1: pay. Well, that's literally almost Mm -hmm. a definition of what the price of something is, right? What is an unconnected seller and unconnected buyer? So not you and your sister, like it's two yeah. unconnected people. What is one willing to sell something for, and what is one willing to buy something for? Exactly. That's why appraisals, as an idea, is kind of interesting because the purchase price is just determined naturally what the price of that is. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think appraisals in general are, are protection for the bank against non-arm length transactions where people are for some reason not, you know, there's a different reason of why something is selling than just what I'm willing to buy and what you're willing to sell for. Like, for example, it's my family home. I'm really emotionally connected. So we're 700 grand. I'll pay 1.2. That type of thing.
0: I, is there a, re, like, other than, I, I understand the bank needs to do, have some sort of system where there's a third party that comes in and gives a number. But this bullshit that happens with these appraisals is comical. It doesn't, it makes no sense for a property to sell and then the appraisal to come back $8,000 lower, $5,000 lower. It's literally like, is a chocolate bar worth $1.95 or $1.92? $1. Yeah. Just, What's the it, difference? I know, I know, it just puts, I know, it, well, it's a
1: whole science.
0: Like, it's not science. You know what? Listen, Danny, it's I, one person's like subjective opinion, right? They're looking yeah. at comps. And they're just being like, oh. But there's like, there's like an algorithm to what they're doing. Throw like, a like dart a at system. the board.
1: No, there's a system to how they do it. Like
0: they, yeah, but it's the same bullshit as like um, BC assessment. That is right? very arbitrary, yeah. but like it, okay, does, listen, it has nothing to do with market value. You, what they're doing has nothing to do with market value. They're just plugging a few properties into a, in a, a fucking algorithm. Why don't you sit down with an appraiser one time and talk to
1: them? I'd love to. I know, I know some very, very good ones. I know some Perfect. shit ones, but I know some good ones. Bring
0: them on. I'll, I'll connect you guys and you guys. I'd love can. to chat with them. I'd love to ask them what kind of bullshit is going on behind the <laughs> scenes so that they're all up to fucking garbage. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to be willing to just come on
1: and just get shit on for. They don't two need hours. to get shit
0: on. I just want them to, like, un- I'm sure there's good and bad, like in any real there in there industry. Really is. There's is a lot of shit realtors out there. <sighs> Greater Vancouver is well known for some shit realtors. There's a lot of really good ones too. And so dealing with the good ones is so smooth things go smoothly negotiate like communication Communication is is, huge yeah is done properly yeah things are said respectfully points are made it's not just this like trash of a property is bought for one five six zero appraisal comes back at one five three zero come on What, like, what's the point? You're making making your consumer, you're making your client stress the fuck out because they now have to come up with an extra menial amount of money. Yeah. Less, 80% of that, right? Yeah. So $22,000 worth of a down payment for no reason other than some guy that walked through the property just made up a number, right? Guess what? Had 37 offers and it sold for 156. That's what the value is, bro.
1: Well, that's what like that's what like that is what the value of something is. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not appraisal. Appraisers, appraisals in my life just simply make my life harder. But I do understand why they exist. But for me, they just make my life harder because it's just another step in the process of something that could go wrong. It's and and also like sometimes in Vancouver it's not too bad. Actually, in Vancouver it's really good, but like when I do deals on Vancouver Island or in the Okanagan. Is like the turnaround of time for appraisals? Like I remember I had a deal that was closing in like three weeks and we could almost not do it because we couldn't get the appraisal in time. In three weeks.
0: It's unbelievable because it's, it's ridiculous how menial and unimportant this appraisal and is. And the
1: cost now too. Like if we get any rush appraisal on a detached house is coming close to a thousand bucks now. Like it's really, really expensive, right? I
0: vote that if appraisals need to keep happening in real estate because they are hilariously non-important, appraisals should happen for everything. Across the board, everything. I should go into a brewery, order a <laughs> beer, d- stick with me here. Holy. Go into a brewery, order a beer. The beer costs eight fifty. I taste it. Hmm, this is kind of flat. Appraiser takes a sip. COVID friendly, of course, he's double vaccinated. I saw his passport. <laughs> he decides that it is also kind of flat. I now only have to pay $4.50 for this beer. Yeah. Same with a Starbucks sandwich. Same with anything. You should
2: start this. Start your own company. Just have a buddy appraisal, a guy that follows you around for everything?
0: It's, it's literally one person's like random opinion. I don't, I don't understand how that is more important than the f- 65 people that just came through a property and the 15 of them that wrote offers. It, to, to add to your point here, I've had files before where an appraisal
1: will just come in low. And so we'll challenge the appraisal being like, hey, buddy, we think this is low? And he'll be like, you know, usually it turns into a pissing battle for some reason. Like, just like, you know, I'm, I have all these designations, fuck you. And I'm like, you're right. You do fuck me. And then we'll do just order another appraisal and it will come in right where we need it to be. And then we'll, we'll use that one because like, it's that, it is like that time kind of thing.
0: So that's a, how ridiculous the whole thing is, right? Yeah. I, like, you just order another one, waste 500 bucks, Oh, you got your number. Now it saves the client $25,000. Yeah. Okay, the
1: the thing... Okay, I'll tell you what makes a good appraiser, okay? You got to know what hill to die on. Like, if something is really crazy and you can really back it up, die on that hill. Like, the good appraisers I know, they know when to pick their battles. They know if something's really fucked up, they'll do it. But they also know when to not pick their battles. You know what I mean? Like, they know when to cause issues and when not to cause issues. Think of it almost like as a home inspector, right? A home inspector can probably... Any house that's 20 years old, they can point out 20 things that are not right with the house. Now, do you want to make that so that it seemed like this house is absolutely inhabitable? Just normal things, right? It needs a new hot water tank. Uh, you know, the roof needs to be repaired in, you know, five years, that type of thing. Some home inspectors are like, here's the information. This is, this is how it is. Some home inspectors will be like, holy shit, this is a fucking shithole. Don't buy this place, right? But like, you got to pick what hill, like, where are you going to make a problem? And the appraisers, like, to, to your point again, the difference if someone have like a purchase price is 1.48 and they come back to me with an appraisal that's 1.45, over that 30,000 dollars, is that really what we're going to is that really like how much problems that causes with that small of a percentage of the overall purchase
0: price? I just don't see it. have you ever had a conversation with one and be like why are you smarter than all the consumers yeah. in greater greater Vancouver why are you smart why are you able to pinpoint this number literally no one can pinpoint a number right like tonight great example 15 offers in North van houses priced comically low might as well price it at a dollar like it, it's just a stupid number 15 buyers offer to buy it I guess high two fours but I can't Say it's going to sell for 2.478,647 cents Like a, it's just a ridiculous number. And then they are able to come up with this ridiculous number. They're like, nope, not 2.518, 2.493. Like yeah, I man, don't understand. You got
1: you to talk to an appraiser. I don't want to tell you, man. I'm a mortgage broker. I don't know. Yeah. They cause issues. Like it's you- not,
0: unfortunately it's not science. Real estate is not science. You this talk is to where people raising. are living. This is where people are raising families. There's a lot of emotion involved in real estate. And the buyer gets to determine what it's worth. I don't understand. I, I just don't get why is this a thing? Like if there's a situation where there's 15 offers, guess what? The buyers are determining what the property is worth. Which is which Makes total sense. Makes total sense. Like so if you had an
1: orange and no one was buying oranges for a dollar, you drop them to ninety cents and people start buying oranges for ninety cents. The purchase price of that orange is probably ninety cents because they could buy a banana for this price. That's how prices kind of work. What is a consumer willing to pay for it? But no one in, is in comparison to something else.
0: No one is going in to the orange, the individual orange, and saying, "Oh, Denny, you paid ninety cents for this orange. Let me, let me just have a look at it. It's <laughs> not as juicy as most oranges. Has a has a whitish shell instead of an orange shell." This should only be worth forty five cents. Well, I think it's because of the prices. Right, we're not talking about a dollar orange; talking about one point five million.
1: It's the logic, though. I understand, dude. I will, I will send you name of three appraisals. I know who you should have, and you have them on your show. I'll talk to all three. Yeah,
0: i lo- honestly, it might be a fun conversation. Oh, it's going to be something. I don't want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want to be here. I do not even want. I don't want to be within ten miles of here. What is your relationship like with
1: appraisers? Do you get you don't get to choose them, right? Depends on the lender. Um, wow. Some lenders have bri- blind appraisal, pro- like blind appraisals, bri- blind appraisals, where I just basically have to throw the file into a hat mm. and whoever picks it up picks it up. And then some lenders will have a list of approved appraisers where it's like we'll use Bob, Dylan, and George, and I'll say, okay, well I like George for this one, and Then I get to choose them. And then some lenders
0: will have just pick your, just get me an appraisal. So your relationship with appraisers is important for some lenders.
1: Yeah. I like again, like it's not so much
0: important for my
1: relationship with the lenders. It's more important with my relationship with the client because I want them to have an effortless, easy, stress-free experience. And if someone is like, I know they're causing an issue, like I'm not or constantly causing an issue, it's just better. Like there's there's appraisers who are like really quick and really accurate and really stress-free. And they just, they just get, they just do their job, you know? Which is great in our profession. Anyone, a notary, an appraiser, a realtor, anyone who just does their job. A lawyer, like an accountant, as long as you just do your job, everything's fine, right? But it's when people like I kept I said before, like pick your hill to die on. Like if you're making big deals, like out of stupid things, like you're probably you're just going to cause problems for everyone, right? Um, and again, like it doesn't really protect anyone. It just causes an issue to have like a like a like a, 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 a like. Don't get me wrong. If someone's paying. The lenders need to be protected, right? Like if someone has an offer for $2.5
0: million for my apartment in Burnaby. But the amount. I get it, you know. Like there has to be like a whatever, 3% leeway. If this appraisal comes back within 3%, whatever like small amount of margin, it's, it's accepted, right? Yeah. Versus like, oh, came back 10 grand short, you now owe us. $7,000 $7,000 on your I know, down that, payment. It's so so your down payment is now going from $420,000 to four twenty seven. dollars I know, but that can screw what someone, What is right? the fucking point that? Of can that.
1: literally screw someone though sometimes, especially with insured mortgages where the ratios are black and white because they need CMHD insurance. Like that difference of zero point, like we do files at the ratios at, you know, let's say the limits are 44%. We do files where it's 43.9%. And that little change... That could, like, that could literally ruin a file. That, that $7, That's
0: $7,000. That's why I'm saying. It shouldn't, be. it shouldn't be that way. Well, man, you got to talk to some appraisers, my friend. I'd like to. I think it brings up a good point that you kind of made that our job as professionals, whether you're a mortgage broker, whether you're a realtor, is if you're a mortgage broker, you get a shit appraisal back that is one of these scenarios that is $10,000 short. The first step should never ever be call the client and tell them there is a low appraisal because they freak the fuck out, right? Call the realtor, say, hey, let's try to figure this out, support this price with some comps, let's send it to them, or let's get a new appraisal, but let's not tell the client immediately because it never works out good. And then it always, even if it has nothing to do with you as a mortgage broker, it always looks bad on you, it looks bad on the realtor, it looks bad on everyone for doing their job correctly, Right? Yeah. The, do you the, think they understand that? They have to. They have to. I don't think they, no, they give have a to. fuck about it.
1: How can you do that for a living and not know the consequence of what you're doing? That'd nope. be like a judge being on the judge and jury. And the appraisers? To death not realizing what's going to happen. Like,
0: yeah, you have to know what your consequence of what you're doing is. I don't know, man. Like, and another tip for a realtor. If you have listings and appraisers call you to go walk through your listings, you need to be there 100% of the time to educate them on what that property should sell for. If you just give them keys or set up a lockbox for them to walk through, they don't understand the scenario that maybe that listing went through, that you had 68 showings, that you had 12 people offer on it. They just walk through and they say, oh, this is higher than the last sale. Must be a problem, right? I don't know if you know that. Do you know that uh, from the mortgage side? Like, <clears throat> so you, like, most of the time we're at appraisals and we're telling the appraiser, oh, this is a really busy one. We had whatever, 35 people come through this weekend. Markets on fire. Like, it seems like every week there's a new high sale and we had uh, 11 offers, who's really close, but it sold for 1.379, whatever. And they write that shit down, right? Versus just walking into a dark house that has all the blinds closed and lights off and everything. And they don't really necessarily know that there is literally nothing to buy. And buyers are very crazy about upsizing right now. And anything that comes on the market is getting a ton of attention and usually setting a new record. And that's going to continue for the next few months, probably towards Christmas. They don't know that. I think they have to know that. They don't. No, they have to.
2: They
1: don't. No, they have to. I don't... Consumers don't know it. How can you do something every day of your life and not know what the hell
0: you're doing? Okay, so I'll challenge you right there with saying there's 15,000 realtors in Greater Vancouver. I would say that if you asked all 15,000 realtors for an accurate market assessment of what is currently going on and what the next three months are going to look like, maybe 1,000 could give you an... a a correct response. I would agree with that. So if you think people that are not realtors, that are not selling, that are not showing properties can give you a more accurate response, I don't know. I'm sure there's a handful of great appraisers that do their job really, really really well that understand that this greater Vancouver market is a beast unlike anything else. Very few are like this. And it changes so quickly. Like this spring was... Busy, and I'd say like really, really slow incline in prices. July, August, very low inventory. September is like this, man. It's Every single week, there's a new home that comes on the market, and all people are saying is like, I need to get that one because I lost the last seven. So what is the last sale price? 2.3. Okay, I'll pay 2.4. I know. And think about that. It's a $100,000 difference. I know. It's weird. It sucks. It's, it's very strange. It's a very, they're weird conversations to have with buyers and you have to be so fragile and careful about how you word things. But the reality is if you want to buy a home, (laughs) unfortunately this is the scenario that we're in right now. Yeah. So my argument is, and I've had so many conversations with appraisers over the years of while they're walking through the homes, a lot of them just don't understand. Right, they're always looking in the past. Everything they do is looking in the past. Right? Well, a uh, neighbor sold on your street twelve months ago. Uh, this one, two streets well, over, sold three months ago. That's what, used to, that's
1: ago. what it used to be, right? I understand that. It used to be able to have comparables because it wasn't. It, people weren't buying and selling like fucking fish traders. You know what I mean? Like when I
0: started in real estate in twenty fourteen, I would give evaluations two years back. Jeez, right?
2: Unheard and, of now.
0: Well, you just have to understand that every market is different. In twenty nineteen. You would look back at 2018, say this market's changed downward 5 to 10%. So your neighbor that sold for one6 we're not, we're probably not going to get that. Like if we price at 1.599, we're probably going to be crickets. I know your neighbor sold for one6 You have a nicer backyard. You have an extra bedroom, whatever. The value just isn't there right now. And if you're not in it every single day, you don't know those things. What, what, what
1: do you think it is that causes, like, because it's not just Vancouver, actually, like, it's all across Canada. Prices are going up quite quickly. Ever, like Halifax, for example, I was just there. Prices are going up like really, really quickly. Do you, do you have any opinions on why that's happening?
0: Uh, I think the root is COVID happened. People understand that a lot of them are not going to have to work in an office anymore so they don't give a, they don't give a shit as much about the exact location of their home as they used to yeah so greater vancouver for example if your office is downtown and you only have to go in one day a week moving forward or zero days a week or once a month for team meetings whatever you don't need to be within a 20 minute drive of your office anymore you can live in maple ridge by that fucking sweet ball in house for 1.4 that's almost brand new versus buying a small two-bedroom condo downtown for the exact same amount of money. Mm-hmm. You want to have kids, whatever. So I think that's a big part of it. Interest rates are all-time lows. They show very little sign of improvement, like going anywhere. Well, they, can't, they can't. Money is... Money... So comparative to the stats that were brought out about inflation rates last month at 4.2%, Something like that. Yeah, but even how inflation is just, measured. Like. But compare it to the interest rate at 1.4. It's a negative. So you're real taking out rate. a mortgage. You're taking out a mortgage for a million dollars and you are saving 3.3% on cash per year. Yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. I mean, I'm looking to buy more real estate yeah. just because of that equation alone. But the thing is, going back to the inflationary
1: thing, like, how much, like, I wonder how much of the increase is real price increase versus inflationary increase because there's no doubt
0: on real just, estate,
1: on everything, oh. but, but real estate specifically, real estate is magnified, right? Because it's a portion of your money and a portion of some, a large portion of someone else's money, right? It's leveraged. Mm-hmm. So, like, just like the amount of money created in this country. Like, just to like really simply explain, I know you know what inflation is, but like, the quickest way to explain it is like, if me and you are playing poker against each other and we each have five chips, one chip is a big bet. If we're playing poker against each other and we each have 100 chips, 10 chips or whatever, like, you know what I mean? Like, the, the one chip is much less of a bet, right? It's not that I want my, it's not that the one chip is a worse chip, it's just that they're all worth, worth less because there's more chips, right? Yeah. So, because the government just, Fucking created so much money. Like, there's no doubt inflationary is coming. Like, inflation is coming. Like, people are gonna be paying $12 for a Big Mac in the next 10 years. It's gonna happen. It's, I'm not making this up. It's gonna happen. It's coming, man. So with real estate, is it the difference? Is it like the difference in like supply and demand, which normally determines prices, or is it the fact that there's so much more of what we use? Like, let's say we, we use fucking goats to buy real estate, okay? Would, would it have gone up 20 would it have gone from five to six goats or dollars because they're weakening so quickly is that why the prices are increasing
0: so quickly i think it's an aspect and i think there's a lot of factors that are improving prices of real estate in greater vancouver one interest rates two covid three the government gave it a a hilariously big amount of money in the last 18 months. Sometimes they gave
1: it out, they and just created it, right? That's a problem. You can give it out if you have it. If money, if you have the money, totally. you can give it out. But we didn't have it, so we just made
0: it. Yeah. Right? And they, in a lot of their policies that these people were talking about, we did a podcast on this the other day, a lot of it is putting more money into real estate. Like giving first-time buyers money, opening new savings accounts for first-time buyers to to. Um, Buy first places. uh, New. What is another one? There's so, like, there was so many that all the response was from what they're doing is more money into real estate. Okay, but also the response is, like, you know who has the, okay,
1: because of the, like, look at the stress test, for example.
0: Oh, reducing uh, CMHC premiums. Like, literally everything that is going to help people buy more real estate, which Guess what? Increases demand, which, guess what? Increases prices of real estate. Yeah,
1: I just, I, I don't get like, and I'll be the first one to shit on the government because I think they're a bunch of fucking idiots. But like, everything that they've done in the last four years has simply made it harder for first-time homebuyers. You know who's the, the hardest to buy right now? It's first-time homebuyers. I know. To qualify, if you're by yourself, you don't have a
0: partner. Oh.
1: seems like sixty grand a year.
0: Another policy: reduce stress test. Which guess what? Increases.
1: Oh, right. prices. Yeah. Well, like the thing is, like you're just increasing the stress test. You make it harder and harder to qualify.
0: No decrease.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe, when was the last time they fucking did that?
0: They're they're talking about it in these policies, right? Oh, it's okay. like trying to get people to vote for you. You're just trying to speak to an individual, <sighs> Alex. They,
1: they just raised it, though.
0: You make X amount of money. You want to buy a house for this much money? We're going to help you now reduce all your costs to buy this house, and you're going to get to buy a little bit more and get in the house you like, right? So the individual is like, oh, that sounds good. But they don't understand that over the next few years, all of these individuals that are now able to pay a little bit more are now increasing the price of housing.
1: Yeah, I, I swear to God, like I know that they, they must have donkeys working there. Like they must. Like I don't understand how you can have that many people working on something. And like the, pol- like, the policies that they come up with are just ter- Remember the CMHC, like, split equity program will help you buy a house, but we'll own a portion of your house. So, so as the, it liberals,
0: the st- liberals are still pushing that.
1: that. I've never seen one client take that. When you explain what the policy is,
0: when you
1: explain what that is to a person, they're like, well, what the hell? Why would anyone ever do that? And I'm like, no one ever does that. No one has ever done that. It's the worst. It's a, the only way I can possibly see it being making sense is if you need 5% down payment and you have 2.5% and they're going to equity match get you to the 5%. That's the only way I see it. But if you have that five percent, why would you want the government owning a portion of your house that's increasing in price? Because ten percent of five hundred grand is fifty. Ten percent of five hundred grand is fifty thousand. When that place is worth a
0: million, now you owe the government hundred thousand. That's their money. Like no man. It's like I would so much rather just buy a cheaper place that I can do by myself, and then in five years reassess. Right. I think the solution honestly is just jacking up supply. Like just build higher.
2: It's the only, it's the only solution, only solution.
0: Yeah. and everyone. Right? Like all these leaders are saying, we need to, uh, whatever. Our plan is to build 1.5 million new homes across Canada in the next five years. Guess whose decision it is to increase supply and change zoning, increase density for zoning? Guess whose decision that is? Municipal. Yeah. So federal literally has, n- like, what are they going to do? They have to incentivize municipalities, cities, to change zoning, to increase density, to do all these things. But it's not like they can just be like, okay, uh, now any single family in Vancouver, you can now make a quadplex out of whatever. Yeah. They can't do that. It's a municipality. So yeah. like a bunch of the shit that they're promising, they have no control over. I'm not even going to pretend to act. It's like me thing. saying, okay, Alex, you thing. have a gas car. You can now pay 85 cents a liter. Unfortunately, Petro Canada is not going to give a fuck about me telling you <laughs> that you get to pay eighty five cents. Yeah, they're going to say no, sir. It's a I know. I I don't even watch the the.
1: I don't even watch the debates because like they just you can I can literally say like I'll make the sky purple tomorrow and everyone's like yeah purple sky, but like they never do anything they say they're going to do <laughs> yeah. and then it happens. Yeah. Fool me once, shame on you, right? But fool me like thirty times. It's been going on since like the fifties, man. Like. People have, like, they just promise these things. And then as soon as they're in power, they just go, JK, like, what the <laughs> hell? And everyone's like, ah,
0: oh, they got us this time. Even just like the contradiction of, again, this is another thing that is going to increase the value of housing in major cities like Vancouver and Toronto. <laughs> Trudeau is like big into immigrants, right? He What did he say? I, 1.2 immigrants. He wants to bring over 1.2 people in the next three years or something like that. So it was like 400,000 a year. And then he also says, <laughs> foreign buyers <laughs> cannot buy property in Canada anymore. So where are these 1.2 million people going to live? They're going to be renting, right? So what is that going to do to the rent, rental prices? Well, isn't it on a
1: rent freeze right now? Skyrock?
0: It's over. No, but like, <laughs> if I purchase a property and I want to rent it out, I can charge whatever the fuck I want, right? Yeah. I can charge $10,000 for a one-bedroom condo in Port Moody. If there are now a 1.2 million more people that need to rent, I'm going to get way more rent for that condo than I would have if those people were able to buy houses, right? Wait, hold on, hold on. Let me, let Which me makes, and when rent goes way up, let's say an average one-bedroom condo in Port Moody right now rents for like 1800 If that goes to $2,500, yeah, eight, 2800 guess what that does to the value of the home? Price, skyrockets, <sighs> yeah. But wait, wait, hold on for a second. You said if
1: Trudeau's bringing people to canada wouldn't that be that they're not wouldn't they be they would be able to buy here because they're residents right
0: they have to get permanent residency how long does that take
1: have you ever talked to someone who's got a permanent residency so what do you mean just you just bring people here and not grant them residency that makes no sense immediate permanent residency well what do you mean i think you gotta go through
0: that stupid process the process is like 12 to 18 months well
1: i thought they would like my thinking is and again it's it's the government so i could be completely wrong but my thinking is they would have these processes in place before the people come here So they don't just come here as like, okay, I got no job, I got no work permit, I got no nothing. I'm just here. The problem is they don't talk about how that process is going to speed up, right? Like, yeah, I'm not an expert on these things, Danny. I got to be honest with you. I've got I've
0: got clients who have been waiting for PR cards for like 18 months.
2: It's not easy. It's not easy.
0: They don't give you any indication of like, yep, it's going to be there next week or in seven years from now. They're just like. Your application is in in the in the queue, right? So these people are just living as nomads in this land. (laughs) Like it's not nomads; they're like legal immigrants. They moved here. No, I understand. No, I understand. But like, it? They just have a different passport. Just waiting for the status, right? Yeah. So, but are are they allowed
1: to work? Then they have work visas. They have work. They have
0: work visas, yeah, but they don't have permanent residency. Okay, so yeah, then they can't buy shit. So. Currently, they can buy something, but they got to pay 20% tax. Yeah, on no, it.
1: you know what I mean? Like, they, they, they're not buying as
0: residents. Like, it's like, but I a- think all three parties or the three main ones were saying that they're going to implement this two year ban on foreign buyers. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Like, we talked about a dozen different policies from the three different parties on real estate, and probably 11 out of 12 of them. Directly made prices of real estate increase, and and then the headline of their uh, r- real estate section in their policy thing was like more affordable housing for Canadians.
2: It's such a contradiction, eh? It's just well, it's I think crazy. they're full of shit on everything they everything. say, so I'm not surprised yeah. at all. Like this is
0: one of the things I wanted to ask, and like talking about politics now, there's an election last night. The Liberals won a m- minority again, so good for Trudeau for spending $610 million to get the exact same result that he had. Who are these people that are going into life careers in politics? Because like I look at some of the most intelligent, hardworking, um, rational humans that I've ever met and been around that I think would be qualified and really good at actually making decisions on a bigger scale. Like Thierman. We don't need to name any names. but Like like All of them, (laughs) all of them that I've talked to, and I try to, like I bring this up fairly often in conversations with people that I really respect and I think are on the right track, I don't know, like very intelligent, very like aware of how their decisions can affect their business and other people and their employees, whatever. All of them would never ever consider a career in politics because it is so fucking backwards and corrupt.
1: Well, I think, and it's just is, puppets, right? Yeah, I think corruption is the big issue there, right? Like, corruption is a huge issue. Like, it's really sad for people to think that the government, ca- like, just, just, just the best example of like just this creating all this money. The people who took CERB needed this money, right? They needed this program. It wasn't, you know, it's people who, were affected by the pandemic, and they needed help, okay? But, like, it's those exact same people that are going to get hyper-fucked by inflation. It's not going to be the millionaires caring. It's not, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's always the, the. Oh, I feel like a robot saying this. I talk, I talk to Devin about this all the night, be, every night being like, I can't believe people don't see this happening. It's like people are loading the gun that kills them. Like, you can't, it's not sustainable, man. Like, it's, it, we're just, we're not going in a good direction here. Like, we're going in a very bad financial direction for Middle, lower, middle class, lower class. Like, if you're struggling to make your bills now, holy fuck, you wait five years. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't tell people what <laughs> that's why
0: I wanted to do that real estate policy because, like, maybe I have no experience talking about other things. And yes, I have opinions on COVID and how it's been handled, but am I a scientist? No, I try to listen to people that know what they're talking about. Both real estate and know what I'm talking about. And so I wanted to like dissect all these things and try to educate average consumers on how that is actually going to affect Canadian real estate and Greater Vancouver real estate. And like I said, 11 out of 12 or whatever we talked about is increasing the prices of real estate. It is not helping you in any way. Think of it like you're a first-time buyer. I'm going to decrease your fees to buying. I'm going to set up a... Savings account for you that is tax-free that you can put forty thousand dollars into and not pay income tax on. Take it out and use it for a first-time buyer. So it's like an RSP, but another fund. That's what they're oh, talking shit, about. I thought
1: you were just discussing
0: the first-time home buyer's RSP plan. No, they're talking about another first-time home buyer tax-free account. So now you have the RSP, you have a tax-free savings account, and you have another account. This is what the liberals are talking about. So maybe it comes in another account that you can put up to forty thousand dollars of income into not pay tax on it and use that towards your first uh buying your first home. What is that doing? All it's doing is making more people capable of buying homes, which is a good thing. But when more people are capable of buying homes, the r- real estate value goes up.
1: Wait, wait, hold on a second. I had a question about this. So this third account thing? Yes. Is it the exact same as the RSP?
0: Basically, put- think of it like a tax-free savings account, just a double up on a tax-free savings account. So what the hell well- Tax you can throw like eighty grand in a tax-free savings. Account. I know. So that was one of my points was people that are maxing out their TFSA's and now able to put another forty thousand dollars into this account, yeah, are not having problems no, no, buying no real shit. estate. What the hell? This is not it's helping. Not like a the tax-free
1: p- savings accounts like ten thousand dollars. Like I'm pretty sure. Like at this point, like I haven't been an investment bank.
0: Like I want to say it's like seventy ish. Yeah, you put right seventy thousand because it goes plus. up fifty five hundred a year. I think, right?
1: Yeah, sixty-five it, right now. I think somewhere because okay. inflation okay. they keep
0: changing it. Yeah,
1: but let's let's just say hypothetically it's seventy grand. So you can do seventy thousand dollars tax free in your TFSA plus plus thirty-five thousand dollars tax free in your RSP. So now we're at one hundred and five thousand dollars forty, and now we're trying to create a third account. <laughs> Man, if you were saving one hundred and five thousand dollars in cash, I'm pr- that's well, you only need five percent down. So hundred
0: you're, you're that already my, over. That was yeah, my point. Is you're like already over the, the million people dollar. that this account right. is even benefiting if they're able to take advantage of this, it's not helping. Like they're already capable shit. of buying listen, real estate. I
1: do not follow this stuff because it, I, like my brain, the way it works, I'm just like, well, like I'm like a computer. I'm like Rain Man. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. So I just don't turn on politics. I don't turn on debates because literally they talk and it's just shit. And I'm just like, well, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. So I don't follow it. But like what you just said makes absolutely no sense. Because listen, under over a million dollars, you have to have 20% down,
0: right? So under a million dollars. So they're talking about changing that too. And so I brought this up and I was like, they're talking about changing the... uh, This is stressing me out, man. The... What is it called? Insured mortgage. So they're talking about changing the insured mortgage. You should listen to the podcast, man. There's some fucking backwards shit in there. So they're talking about changing insured mortgage maximum from 1 million to 1.25 million. And I mentioned this to Jamie and I was like, all this is doing is putting more money into real estate. He's like... Why stop at one point two five? Why not go one point five? Why not go two million? Why not, go $3 million? Why, why, why not have like,
1: minimum down payment two percent? Everyone can enter the market. Yeah, the price. Yeah, listen, I, I get. I, like, I feel stressed. Like, I feel sweaty. Like, these are just such poorly thought out ideas that it really causes me stress. Like,
0: so then it comes back to this idea of like, who is creating this policy and why is it why so bad?
1: Pretty empty over here. Like, man, with why, why are policies? they not?
0: Why are they not consulting people who know what they're talking about? Right, like. If you're going to talk about how to build or uh, get a country through the pandemic, you're not going to talk to me. You're going to talk to like educated scientists and doctors who know what the fuck they're talking about. Yet, politicians believe they have all the answers to Canada's problems in dozens and dozens and dozens of different sectors. Why not consult real estate professionals in the busiest cities in the country? Why not? Ask them. What is going on here? Who's buying homes? Is banning foreign investment going to change the market in your city? Because my answer is not a fucking chance. Yeah. Literally, nothing that is happening right now is based on anyone from outside Canada. It is local people that are upsizing and there just is not enough supply. The number one problem is supply. We need more homes. We need cities to stop living in the 19 fucking 1970s and planning the, the province like it's 1970. Infrastructure is fucking garbage, by the way. But to back that up with housing, like there's way more fucking people that live here than we have housing for. Figure it out. Why is this a problem? I don't understand. Why does it take three, no, 18 months to two and a half years to get a goddamn building permit? In that time <laughs> preach, to get a building preach, permit. Man. Yeah, see, totally. There's man. been another 250,000 people that have moved here. I know.
1: It's it's like well, See, Carl, I got to be honest, with you, man. Like I really do no, I I honestly it's so stupid that I try not to think about it because if I think about it logically, it like again, it gives me a it gives me a headache trying to understand what they're thinking, man.
2: I'm I'm with you there. Like everyone tells me to vote every year, but it's just like just this buffoonery, man. Like Everything is so general. There's no specifics. There's no actual solutions. And we talked about it. No one is held accountable. You can say whatever you want. Get elected, and then you don't have to do any of it.
0: But then it brings me back to this problem of like, why are morons in politics? Why is, why is politics run by morons? Why is all this bullshit policy coming out? Is it that it is so corrupt that intelligent, rational human beings just can, would never survive or want to be in it? Or is it that just no one rational would want to ever like be a politician? What's the incentive for like a really strong business person to be like to give up their business that they're running where they're making 10x of what they would in politics to be a politician? What is the incentive? To just be like followed around White Rock and yelled at and have like, Cans of pop thrown at you. Like, why would anyone want to do that? Why would any like intelligent person that wants to have a really, wants to be in a position where they can actually help people and grow, which I think a lot of business owners like get into business for. They like find a need, build a product, and like it helps a lot of people. Yes, a lot of people want to make a lot of money, but I think a lot of businesses are started out of like need and helping. Why would any of those people want to be a politician? Like, it just, it seems like the worst fucking job of all time. And then we just have morons in it, which makes it worse. And then we have these morons making moron policies. <laughs> like, it's just a downward spiraling in, in, industry. <laughs> like, it's shocking. It seems <laughs> like every fucking year that I pay attention more, it gets worse and yeah. worse
2: and worse. Yeah, I agree.
0: You're not, dude, you're not wrong, I, man. So... Like, I really wanted to bring this up, and I'm glad we're talking like, about you politics think so I can like,
1: bring it up. The fact that Donald Trump was know, the president yeah. of the United States of America, yeah, it kind of really, like, hits home a little bit on, like, wow, like, who who's voting? Like, what's going on? Like, the guy who hosted The Apprentice became
2: the president of the United States. Yeah. Just the people voting, right? How much do they really know what's going on?
0: So on the Donald Trump thing, though, I have a point of, like, whenever you listen to a politician— most of the time. Donald Trump was a little different. Like he actually had organic thoughts that formed in his brain that he would say in the moment. So he was kind of unique that way. Yes, he's an idiot and he does (laughs) some fucked up shit. (laughs) But at the same time, he was refreshing for a lot of the country, which is probably why he got voted in, in that he actually spoke like a human being. Yeah, Where most of these morons and listening to O'Toole last night, I've never met him. I... Kind of like to have him on the podcast. It'd be an interesting conversation. Oh, but man. like, I don't want to be within ten miles of that one. Either. I just don't understand why. It's just so filtered and boring. And how could anyone listen to that? Whatever he said last night, you know. Thank you so much for all the conservatives that came out and voted. We're really making a difference in this country. I'm thinking in my head, dude, you fucking just lost, man. Just say, hey, you know it's fucking sucks. I, You know, we would have liked to win. We had a lot of good ideas that we think could help this country. Um, We'd like to keep going. And when Trudeau is, you know, he's proven to be a fucking idiot. When he calls another election in three months, six months, whatever, he's going to keep trying to get this majority. You Vote for me and something different is going to happen. Versus just all the bullshit, man. I just can't stand it. I can't stand the filteredness. I would like someone to speak to Canadians like they're an actual human being versus This, like, theatrical bullshit that is put on. What do you think of Jagmeet? Although Uh, I disagree
1: with his politics, I do feel like he's the most unfiltered, to be honest with you.
0: I think he's hypocritical, and his advertisements on TV make me want to throw shit at my TV. And I like my TV... And he's, a, he's, he's forcing me to throw shit at my TV. So I don't like him because I like my TV. Okay, but what, can you like expand a little bit? Yes, on that? I what? can. So when he's walking through a park and the message is, like, it's just comical how bad this fucking shit Again, is. Again, I don't so, follow this. So
1: you gotta, like, like, for me, this is new. i
0: paid right? more attention to this election than I have for any other election, maybe other than the Biden and Trump thing that was last year or whatever, because that was pure entertaining. Their debates were unbelievable. Trump is just a he. He's know, a, he's like a, he's so a movie star, right? Shit shit talker, he's an entertainer. Yeah, yeah. Watching the They're debate, trying to tell him to shut
1: up, he's not shutting up. He's like, like sir, sir. He's like, no, I'm not stopping. <laughs> what the
0: fuck? <laughs>
1: the the guy running, saying, don't totally. stop, stop.
0: The guy running that debate was like, Mister President, Mister President, uh, it's uh, Mister Biden's uh, two minutes here. You must uh, be quiet. We agreed to the rules in the backstage there, Mister President. And he, Trump's just like. Yeah, but he's lying.
1: <laughs>
0: and he's like, I know, but you have to give him his two minutes and then you can rebuttal. Yes, but he's lying.
1: <laughs> and these it's, are the leaders cool. of the free world, oh. man. Honestly, so is back, this what scares so me to NDP. scares me. I can't have kids in this world. How can you have, bring kids into a world where this is happening? What you described as happening as the leader of the free world. No, no, he's lying. He's a liar. No, he's lying. He's a liar. Like, and then the Americans are standing there like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and
0: these are the people who lead the world, man. Biden can't form sentences, and he's the it's president bad. of the most powerful country in the world. Guys, honestly, man, I came here, this stresses me out, man. This is good shit, though. I know, but it's just, it's like, it's so, it makes you feel so hopeless. It makes me feel sad. Like, I think it's important for, for... I think you're an intelligent human being that works very hard. And most of the time, (laughs) that was more of a dig at you, but you care so much about the people that you work with. And I love that. I care about people. Exactly. And I think these are good messages from people who I think I'm pretty rational in most things outside of the NFL. (laughs) Pretty emotional about the Seahawks. Outside of the NFL. I'm pretty rational and I feel like I have a good pulse on what, is, what should help and what should not help. And the shit that is happening right now is so fucking backwards. This shit that they're talking about, the commercials, this is so bullshit, man. Like Jagmeet's whole message, the whole thing was I'm Robin Hood, right? How backwards is that even to just call yourself Robin Hood? But he's calling himself Robin Hood. I'm going to tax rich people. I'm gonna give it to all you fuckers in the park. Like he's walking through the park, and there's just a bunch of white people everywhere. I don't know if it's like some crazy <laughs> racial thing. He's like, I'm brown, so I have to appeal to the white people. I don't, I don't know, but it's so fucked. It's crazy. I right? I've never. But seen he's this. he's walking through the park, and he's saying, I'm gonna tax the rich people and give it to you. You're just gonna give people money. So, so his, That's, his that was his
1: message, but it wasn't his plan to like basically tax billionaires. Is my understanding.
0: He doesn't define that. He just says, I want the rich people to pay more taxes, and I want to give it to people. Give it to other people. Well, that is that is kind of like what socialism is, though. 100%. That's why it's very scary, I think. Well, Isn't that communism?
1: No, no, no. Communism is, like, one step more extreme. That's when, like... But it's pretty fucking extreme, the shit that they talk about. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, with, like... Like, fuck. I hate getting technical with these. Like, I hate trying to explain these things to people. But the reason... I'm going to to give you a lesson of why you don't tax billionaires. Okay, if you tax.
0: They go to other countries to run their business. And then all those jobs leave, right? Everything leaves, right? And this is not 200 jobs. No, this This is 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 tens of thousands of jobs,
1: right? right? So your choice is either, this is your choice as a politician, okay? (laughs) You do what's best for everyone and just leave them the fuck alone. Or you start attacking them and you fuck over everyone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, these, like, these, like, these are major corporations. These are major companies, right? These are, these are huge entities. So, and, like, and again, like, I don't know. The whole billionaire thing, it's, it's kind of an interesting concept. But like, these billionaires do pay more. Like, they pay more taxes than me, you, and Carl pay in our, tire, in our entire lives times 10 every year, right? They pay lots of taxes. But, but people are saying, well, you're not paying your percentage. Like, I make $60,000 a year. I pay 22% you make uh, $7 billion or $10 billion a year, you're not paying $222 million in taxes, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's the people's problem. But I, I just think, I honestly just think it's just people in general, they just don't understand how it works. Like, and again, it goes back to the example of people that they, they're loading the gun that kills themselves, right? They, they're, they're, they're killing themselves with their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're like, tax the billionaires, and then they don't have a job and they can't pay their mortgage. And then they're like, they're blaming people, but it was their own fault.
0: It they created so this. crazy? They created the. the they're creating. Like the people that are on board with this shit work for those big corporations. Yeah, man. Right? Like, it's like the person that works at Walmart is voting NDP so that Walmart can get taxed more so that Walmart gets the fuck out of Canada.
1: Or, or they, they, they closed, like, there's less cash. Like, they, they make up revenues in different ways. Less cash. They put a screen employees. there they're instead unemployed. of a cashier. Totally. totally. And then they're unemployed. And then it's it, it just, I just think people. I just think people don't understand. It's not the problem that... I don't think people are are malicious. I think people are intrinsically good. I just think they make decisions without... They're just not smart. Like They just don't see the consequence of what they're doing. And and I think it's important for... And the the worst part is like because they don't see the consequences and because they don't understand, it's okay not to understand people. But when you don't understand something, let's say I don't understand uh, math, for example. I'll ask a math teacher, right? I'll ask an expert at this. But when they don't understand, there's like a politician who's just gonna lie to you and that's who they're turning to for an answer. Like that's, a, that's the worst place you can look to because they don't care about people. They don't care about people, right? Mm. They care about other things other than the people that they serve. So, holy shit, I sound like a fucking, I sound like, yeah. I'm just saying that people need to really think about what they do and they need to think of the ramifications of what they're doing. Like taxing billionaires is great, But having no jobs, no industry. Like, look at what happened in like like look at Detroit, for example, right? And the auto industry there. You remove the industry, you remove all the money.
0: Things go to shit, right? Like really quickly. This is something I heard today on a podcast. Shitting on others does nothing to increase your value. So I think of this, and in this politics conversation. 100% of the advertising that I saw, whether it be mail outs, like it's comical that people just still do mail outs, the TV stuff, 100% of those three parties, conservative, liberal, NDP, 100% of their advertisement had nothing to do with anything they were going to do good for the country. 100% of it was Justin Trudeau sucks because he said this, Aaron 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 O'Toole? Jimmy. (laughs) Whatever. Aaron, I think it's Aaron O'Toole. It that Oso sounds Th- wrong. Hold
2: on. I think it's Aaron. I'm pretty sure it's Aaron O'Toole. Aaron O'Toole
0: sucks because he said this one thing 30 years ago. Jagmeat sucks because he said this one thing. How is that providing the consumer, the Canadian, any value to your service, to your product, to your party? What right? is the service though? What but they, like, is if no you met value. a new client and 100% of the things you said in that conversation with them were... Don't work with fucking Jimmy. He'll rip yeah. you off. Don't work with Bobby over there. He, uh, he fucks someone I know. Don't work with Susan. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> like the consumer would just be like, Alex is a prick. I'm not working <laughs> yeah, with him, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. It's so dumb. Like I don't go to a listing appointment and say like these people suck at their job. It makes you look you have so n- bad. You have no one to work with other than me. Like I know. But- so dumb. You talk about your value. You talk about like what you do really well.
1: I know, but like they're playing to their own audience, right? Like most people. But
0: this is what consumers need to understand. Like if you saw Starbucks on TV and their whole commercial was Tim Horton's coffee is trash. Their donuts are made out of blah, 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 whatever, right? Like it just sucks. Everything there sucks. A consumer would watch that and be like, wow, Starbucks is a bunch of pricks. I'm never (laughs) going there again, right? Yeah. Yet they see it with fucking politics and they're like, oh my God. I can't believe Aaron is that. I have to vote for Justin Trudeau,
1: right? Yeah, I. I but the thing is, the thing that stresses me out about this whole conversation is like I really don't see an answer. I don't see a positive outcome on this whole thing. Like how the how, the direction that we're going, whether it's fiscally monetary, like it's all like, it's all like it's not good, man. Like it's so, and like it, it feels like people are just getting more stupid and entitled. So that. Like, they're just saying things just to, like, people are mad just to be mad, you know?
0: I don't know if necessarily a greater percentage of the population is feeling the way that you just described. I don't know if that's correct. It feels I just to me. I My point of view is that the, it's become popular for people to have those opinions. And the people that have those opinions are just looking for attention and it has gotten really scary. Like, this socialism movement that is happening right now, there's some good ideas there, but there's some backward shit that's happening. Like, the fact that, like, this, the pronoun conversation is fucking crazy. I am not even touching that, man. I'm not, I don't want, like, my point of view is, I don't understand how a government can make it illegal for someone to call you a pronoun that is just made up. Like there's how many dozens and dozens and dozens of pronouns that I've never heard of. And I just don't understand what they are. And if you call someone that a different pronoun than they want to be called, you now have to go to
1: prison. I don't, I don't think you go to prison, but I think that like, I think what happens in these situations, you're taking a very, 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 very small percentage of people and you're creating blanket policies. Loud right now. No, no, I know. But like, but like, the thing is, like, they're loud now, but maybe they've been quieted for, like, super long periods of time. Like, now they feel like they, now they have to be loud, you know? They pretend like you haven't been, like, 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 remember, like, I have a lot of gay friends. Like, these, when I talk to my gay friends about the younger guys, they, the, the way the younger guys and the older guys talk is, like, super, super different. Like, really, really different. Like, my older gay friends, mm. like, what they went through and, like, what they experienced is totally different than a 25-year-old gay guy or 30-year-old gay guy in Vancouver today, right? Sure. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like really horrible. Like, why would you ever treat a human like this? Like, it, it honestly, like, upsets me when I, when I talk to these guys. And, like, I think that this, like, giving... However people want a voice, I think that that is... Like, again, how politicians handle things is not the solution and it's not right. But I think that the underlying idea is to basically just make people feel okay the only issue that can be created in these situations is when by trying to make one person feel okay you make other people feel not okay if that makes sense or step on their step on them you know you know stealing from Paul to pay George that type of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i think overall like that 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 whole like i don't know i think i think the pronoun thing is kind of just like something that was going to happen i think it's it's something that is kind of like, I think it's kind of almost like behind, like behind society. Like now we're like, okay, you want to be called like, like, yeah, you want, that's what makes you feel good? Right on. And that, like, what's
0: the next thing we can tackle as a society type thing? Like, I don't like, I don't think there should ever be a problem with it. I don't understand like why I'm forced to now, like in a lot of corporate environments, you're forced to now have your pronouns in an email signature. Like you can be what called whatever the fuck you want. If you show up to me today to this podcast and be like, you need to call me Garbage Man. Be like, Okay, great. It's fucked up. But am I and now you're like forcing people to announce themselves. And it just seems so backwards. You know, what to add on to that, like I, Do we start podcast being like, Hello, my name is Denny. I like associate as garbage man. Thank you. It's interesting. It, you it's say just that. so silly that this has happened. Like Congratulations. Like, do whatever the fuck you want.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I was, back when I was in Nova Scotia, I was talking to someone who had a daughter, and their daughter's 12 years old. And their daughter came home, 12 years old, said, uh, said, hey, Dad, I'm, I'm by." And he was like, okay. He's just like, right on. Like, whatever it is. But like, it, traditionally, as a 12-year-old, my 12-year-old self, your 12 year old self, most 12 year olds growing up, they don't feel the need to have to come home and declare their sexual preferences to their parents. Right. You know what I mean? And but it it's just an, almost like rewarded in society right now. Right. I don't no, That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that like people, they like, it just, it's just, we're living in an interesting time. Like, cause I was talking to the dad and he was just like, I didn't really know how to, I, I like, you know, he was obviously very understanding and he said, okay, That's, that's great. Like it wasn't the type of thing where it's like a reward, but it's just the type of thing that it's like, you shouldn't, maybe I'm being again, too optimistic here, but like you shouldn't have to just declare these, like, you shouldn't have to be like, Hey dad, I'm like, if you're by, yeah, you're by, that's great. But like, it's like
0: a 12 year old has to now just declare what they are. I don't think they do. I think society is telling them they're supposed to, so that they get rewarded with this like uh, encouragement, Right. Like it's like it's seen as a good thing if you like declare yourself as transgender now, right? And if and if someone like a a nine year old, a twelve year old, whatever says, "I was born with a penis," I associate as a as a female. It's like rewarded, and if someone questions it or even asks the question, you're like out of like excommunicated from society. I do,
1: I, I do really, really disagree with how like, if you have anything to say, if you have any opinion, fuck you, you're an, like a horrible person. Isn't that socialism? Well, that, I, that's, that's, that's past socialism actually. That's like, that's basically like, like a different form of fascism. that's like really extreme. But I do think that like people who are genuinely transgender, I can't imagine people, like again, I'm not talking about like what's going on in today's society, but I'm talking traditionally, the last, let's say 40, 50 years, like, these are, like, some of the most, like, if you look at, like, like, numbers of, like, suicides, for example, someone who's, like, legitimately transgender versus your average, like, like, person, non-transgender person. Like, the, it's, like, the number, like, people don't kill themselves as a fad. You know what I mean? It's not cool to kill, like, it's not, like, like if you kill yourself, that's a pretty extreme thing to do, right? So, like, when you see suicide numbers for people who are transgender... And you compare that to the average population and you see like, like, it's not a joke. It's like, whang, like, like Mm. three, four, five hundred percent, like a a massive (laughs) increase. There's probably something that needs to be addressed with like, you know, how do we help support these people? And if they want me to call them, I, to be honest with you, I'm not sure of all, like, I know they is the popular one. They want me to refer to
0: them as they. Do you think anyone our generation has a problem with calling someone that? though? Like I really hope not. I I I've never experienced it. If someone feels like it's always like older people, yeah, that are just so stuck in like 1973. If someone feels comfortable, like if someone, yeah, like I have no problem with you being gay. I have no problem with like I don't give a shit. All I care about is like how what I want for me, and you should care about what you want for you, right? Yeah. Like if you like dudes or females or monkeys or whatever, who gives a shit? Like why is why is it such a problem? And why, I guess my concern is that it's going so far the other way. That is a problem because like with stuff like this, what happens
1: is when it goes too far this way, like going this way is what created Trump. And then it goes this way, right? Right now we're this way. So what the fuck does this way look like? You know what I mean? It's like a water bottle that's half full. But I think just to like touch on what you're saying, I think the reason we're in the situation we are now is like, I think you're kind of ignoring the history of like for the last forty or fifty years, like there's been people in these certain lifestyles or whatever whatever. You know what I'm trying to say, right? Like like what their gender is, their sexuality, who have really, really, really suffered, like horribly, like really bad. And I think now is almost an overcorrection to like, let's try to fix this problem. You know what I mean? Like, like, like people have like it's gone to the point where like, you know, people weren't even treated like people, like. They're getting killed because of who they were, which is really fucked up. Like I would not want to be killed because I'm an Alex. Like that'd be shitty. So I think now the overcorrection. But what I fear with like the way that the society works is again, it's like a water bottle that's half full. It's on its side, right? When you go all the way this way, the water goes all the way the other way, and like that's kind of the 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 extremes is what's scary. You know what I mean? Like you got to think like all these things we talk about. Ninety nine point nine percent of people are in the median. Right? There's outliers. Zero point zero one. 0.1% 0.1% of people, those are the scary motherfuckers, right? Those are like the Hitlers, and those are like the Chairman Mao's, and those are like the Mussolini's, and those are like the Stalins, right? They're on the outside, right? Those are the, the really extremists. And what happens is like the middle, because the extremes are so loud, the middle feels like they're really important. But like 99.9% of people, we all just want to basically live our lives, love each other, encourage each other, help build each other. And then there's like those kind of outsiders that are a little bit fucking crazy. But I don't really think that now it's in a fear of like, I don't know. I don't really fear the extremes. I just think that they're just, they just exist kind of. But to be, to answer, there are those. It is pretty, it is getting pretty fucking extreme with some things. Yeah.
0: It's getting pretty crazy.
1: It is. And like, yeah, it's like everything is so. I don't know, everything is so detrimental, right? Like anything can be like so detrimental, right? Like you can I like another just example, uh, a guy I know who works in the government. He is a he's like a he's high up in the government, and one day he's working. Uh one of his employers sent uh, a meme to another employee that oh boy. It was just a meme. Well, hold on. It was just a was, <laughs> Yeah, but I feel this no, is going no, sideways. No, 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 it's not going sideways. <laughs> it was we sent it to another employee. And all it was was a person basically causing self-harm. That's all it was, being like, can't believe I have to do this, right? So someone can't believe I have to do this, and like a little hang guy, right? And like a hangy emoji, right? Like, oh, kill me now. And like, that person got in fucking shit for that, like big shit for that, because it went, it went upstairs because they're like, well, like, what do you think the round, like, we are the government, what do you think the ramifications of you sending this, like, I have to do this hanging emoji? Like, it was a pretty big deal for someone just saying, like, sending a hanging emoji, right? And the person who I was talking to explained it to me, like, what happens if you send this person and their father hung themselves and they have to see this? And, like, I think it's just, it is getting a little sensitive, like, a little too much. But I don't think that, you know, it's all kind of unwarranted, if I'm completely honest. I think that there's reasons why this shit is happening. Because people have been suffering for a long time in a lot of different ways. These are really deep conversations, man. I, I mean, feel like we should have like a bonfire. I don't is think you're in there.
0: any way allowed to have
1: bonfires <laughs> after what <laughs> you did say, to your parents' yeah. home. Yeah, man. These are, yeah, these are like really like deep, like
0: existential kind of like... like what Isn't is, this important what's, conversations to have with people though? I think it is, but I don't know who the hell would want to listen to my opinions on it. You know what I mean? I think... It's important for people to understand that, like, it's okay to have different opinions. That that is right. That is totally in society not, not, right now. Yeah, that's not in trend right now. It is not. You're not allowed to have a different opinion than what you're told to have, right? Yeah, man. For me, I, I, I think it's important to be open-minded and to listen to people and to understand that everyone has different experiences. And like you bring up the point about history, and like we're correcting itself right now. And I understand that. I just think like any way to the far extreme is bad. And so just because it was one way on the far extreme, does it make it okay to be the other way on the far extreme? No, no. Or does that just make it worse
1: than it was before? It makes it worse. Like look at what just happened to states last year with their political things, situations mm-hmm. down there, right?
0: Because our real estate is such a good example of this. In 2016, the market was already correcting itself and it, it, was, it had gone like this for like six months and then it was literally like that for two months. And then the government's like, oh fuck, the market's on fire. We have to do something with foreign buyer tax. It was like the market, it already overcorrected, like it already corrected itself. So how do you bring this back to socialism? I don't fucking know. But I know what you mean. Like, like overcorrection's not good. <clears throat> the overcorrection makes it worse, right? Mm-hmm. The things that were already happening naturally, yeah. like, and what I mean naturally is our generation. I feel like I don't have any friends that are angry or like homophobic or like angry at people because they, you know, are bisexual. Like your example, like I just want to talk to people and like, I'm curious about their experiences and like why they think the way they do and why they are the way they are. I think it's interesting, but I'm never going to, and personal opinion, but I don't know many people that would be like, Oh, that guy fucking sucks. Cause he's gay. Like
1: I know, but there are people like that. There's a lot of people like that. Our it. generation though? No, there are, man.
0: There You'd be surprised I feel if like you it's just so don't hang few out and with them far man. between. No,
1: It's just people, you don't hang out with these people. I feel Those like it's so much
0: there. more popular
1: 30 no, years before we were born. No, it was more popular because more people are like that, but there's still people like the, the, the misconception though, that like to give it politically, people view the like the far right as like really extreme. The far left is really bad. Like they're both yeah. extremes are really dangerous. Totally. Like they're both very, 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 very dangerous. But, like, for some reason, the far left thinks the far right is really bad. And the far right thinks the far left is really bad. And the people in the middle are just literally just, like, they're both bad in this direction.
0: In American politics, like, they talk about this all the time, right? Is, like, they've never seen this big a divide in the country. I know. And it seems like anyone who is, like, was or previously slightly leaning left is now... A crazy leftist and yeah. anyone that was slightly right is a crazy rightist just because they're trying to belong and they feel like they have to battle. Have so to what we team. need to do. Yeah. 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 What it's we need so to do, crazy. man, is we need to make the middle the cool place to be. Why game. isn't it though? Um, excuse me. It feels like that is like the rational place to be where you're like accepting of other people's opinions. Yeah, my new life goal is to make the middle cool, man. Why isn't it? I don't know. I don't know how we help that as two I, individuals. You know, honestly, but... I think
1: like like I've I've like I've seen people that are moderately in the middle have good conversations with each other. I think the problem is once you get a little bit, when you, when you start just like, just blaming and not wanting to have conversations, like, I'm not going to have this conversation because this. If you believe in this, I'm not even going to listen to you. You're a fucking idiot. You know? If you believe in this, I'm not going to listen to you. You're an idiot. Once you say that, you're checked out, man. You're done. You're, you're, <clears throat> you're, too, you're too far on one side. Like, if you're not even willing to listen to someone because your beliefs are so far set in your
0: ways, You're done. I don't know if I have one belief that is that strong. Like if someone had a really good point, I'd be like, oh, that's really interesting. How, where did that come from? What, like, how did that come? Like I'm coming from like a real estate background and let's say a lot of, some of my beliefs are in like multiple offers. Every single person that writes an offer needs a callback. What is the, what is the possible bad outcome that could come from calling every single person back? I have not heard one good answer. I'm open to hearing a good answer of that. But like today, we wrote $350,000 of our asking and I got a text message that said property sold. Like I've, I've personally had people this year in those callbacks come up $180,000 on a $1. $1.4 million home. So on a $2.4 million home, Maybe that's three hundred thousand dollars, right? Like, anyway, my point is, I don't understand why people are so married to these stupid ideas that like their dad taught them or like they learned in elementary school. You know
1: who's honestly really extreme? To be honest with you, usually like the like the universities are very politicized. Yeah. So people who've gone to university tend to be very very politicized, and then they often are just kind of just angry, whether whatever side they are, they're just kind of angry and they're just like. It's very entitled. It's just brainwashed to it, a belief. It is. It's really, it's like, really a crazy. narrative that they're trying to put. And like, I don't care if you have a belief, but like once you stop having the conversations, like I can't imagine going to court and there only being a uh, prosecution and there's no defense. Or going there's only defense and there's no prosecution lawyer. Like, like well, of course the prosecution thinks they're right. And of, of course the defense thinks they're right. And then everyone else is like, okay, you said this. Okay, that's nice. You said this. That's nice. As soon as you, as you close that opportunity to discuss and learn and show your points, like you're real, the, everyone loses, right? Um, like everyone has unpopular opinions about things. Like everyone does. I was telling you about my hot dog thing earlier.
0: I, I really, but stand I think by it's that. so good to have the conversation. Like, yes, I have v- points in my life that I'm very passionate about. And in some of our group chats, I share those points. And when people rebuttal them in a good way that makes me think about it, I feel like I'm learning, right? Like Mike Bell hates my opinion on the Seahawks. And every single time he says something, I think about it and be like, huh, it's not a bad point. I mean, Lamar Jackson's probably not as bad as I say he is in my head because I'm a Seahawks fan and he's not on the Seahawks, whatever it is, right? But I think it's so valuable to go into any conversation. The married to the idea... Thing is just, is so backwards to me. And I just, I can't understand or relate to it because I can't think of one thing that I'm so married to that I would never, ever change my mind on. There has to be one.
2: I can't think of one. You're too well of a rounded person. Like you have too many experiences and stuff just to be stuck on one idea Hold on, there has to be one. No way. I can't think of one. Like that would drive you like this? No. The problem too that we see like with a lot of these groups is like they'll have an opinion, then they'll find other people that have the same opinion. And You find these groups, yeah, yeah. and then they just won't listen to anyone else.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where your extremism it, yeah. comes from. No, it's like it's like it's like it, it 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 creates its own yeah like like little mini system yeah. But you like, would
2: never do that yeah. Like, you in, would you in listen to 11, anyone. Ever. Grade eleven, Facebook.
0: Yeah. Here's a good example. Grade eleven, Facebook started. My first gut reaction to this stupid thing was like, "This is fucking retarded."
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I'm never going to use this. This is a dumb platform that is shitty. And then a year later, you're like, "Oh, there's." Nine billion people now using Facebook. Exaggeration. I like, exaggeration. Used, I like, exaggeration. like the word retarded like he was in high school. Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> Remember what? in high school people used to say retarded?
0: No, but like I used it because I was being dumb at the time.
1: No, I right? understand. But I'm just funny because you said you're in grade 11. I can see grade 11 Denny being like...
0: Oh, oh
2: there's a lot yeah, of words yeah. that we used to say. But
0: then you look back and be like, oh, this was a really interesting opportunity that the world is changing. And so I think it's cool that we've had all these experiences where the world has changed so much in the last 20 years and we kind of literally were at almost the perfect age to kind of go through this entire thing which almost brings me back to simulation theory of like why was I born at the exact same at the exact time that I was that I in like looking back today maybe in 25 years from now will be like oh we were born 20 years too early we have like these opinions in our head that were kind of reinforced as children, whatever, like our parents. But we were born at a pretty crazy time where like the world has changed so quickly. And we were born just late enough that we understand that everything changes very quickly and we need to adapt versus 20 years before, right? Like if we were 52 instead of 32, the first 30 years of your life was the exact same. And you're like, this is the way business is done. This is the way that a deal gets done. This is the way that you run, you know, a coffee shop. This is the way that politics are done, whatever. And there was no change. And then the next 20 years was so back, like crazy for them, probably that they couldn't even understand or comprehend. They just don't get it. Like even my older brother who's 42 is so different in the way that he like perceives the world. I think because of the time we were born and then like looking at, Children like kids who are 16, 17, 18, 19, their perception of this growing up in a time that social media was the only it's thing everywhere. that really mattered, where we kind of had both sides and we get to understand like what's really important.
1: I, I struggle to think of how hard it'd be to be a kid these days.
0: Like oh, I, I can't I think imagine. It's totally different. I can't mean. even imagine. Totally different. You're given a phone when you're nine years old. And all that matters to you for the next 10 years is your fucking TikTok account. That's all that matters. Instagram,
1: likes, thumbs up. Like,
0: I've chatted with people at yeah. high schools that the first thing I ask them like, hey, your name's Melanie. What's going on? Like, what do you like doing? The first thing they show you is like, I have a fucking, I don't even know what it's called because I don't use TikTok. But like, they have a f- thing that they send t- videos back and, or is that Snapchat?
2: I don't know. Well, that is Snapchat, yeah?
0: Snapchat back and forth with each other for like 900 days in a row. They have like a whatever.
2: You just don't develop interest. You're not well-rounded. Your you just...
0: You think you're yeah. sending a video back and forth.
2: I, I, I 900
0: I honestly, days in a row. I think it'd be horrible. I think it'd
1: be crazy. And also, I think just like the...
0: Whereas when you ask you, you like have a like a a passion for your soccer team that you follow. Yes. You have a, like a career that you're super excited about and work your ass off you have a relationship, you have like a pet, you have your family relationships. So you have like, it's so, um, what's the word of like? D- bra. Diverse,
2: bra, yeah. D- diverse, yeah.
0: Diverse set of like interests and things. Whereas like it's, I don't know, maybe kids just aren't old enough yet to get there. But like, it's like, what do you want to do with your life? And you're like, I want to be an Instagram model. I know. What? I know. It, it, and honestly, guys,
1: I feel like I'm being a downer here, but this all this shit depresses the shit out of
0: me. <laughs> it's so interesting though.
1: No, I'm, I, it's, so it's ob- I'm so saying, obsessed but we're with it.
0: Like, how how do like minds get formed and like nature versus nurture? This is so yeah. proving that like nurture is way more important than nature. You know, you know nature. earlier I was
1: talking about like the suicide levels of people who are transgender, like genuinely transgender yep. people, how their suicide levels are off the charts, right? And like you look at like youth like be, between the ages of like 12 and 18, male and female over the last, let's say decade, like the suicide numbers are also like off the, like they, they literally just went wang, right? And I like it has to have something to do with social media. Like there's so much content, so much every day, right? Well, how do I get these people's attention, right? Like bullying, how we imagine bullying, like getting punched in the face as a kid, it is completely so different, different yeah. now, mm-hmm. man. It is like you want to go home and fucking kill yourself. Like it's so I just feel like kids these days like there's so much like there's so much in their heads like and like there's There much- has to
0: be something to it though because we as 32-year-olds understand that if someone makes a negative comment on your Instagram post like in my head I think at least like oh man I'm like I feel sorry for that guy that he's that upset that he needs to waste time out of his life to make a negative comment about me. I feel bad for that guy. Yeah, man, the problem with like that is- It doesn't make any effect to
1: me. Yeah, the problem with this is they're not 32-year-old business owners. or 12 12-year-old girls, right? So, no, no, no. no I'm, they... I'm just
0: saying, like, kids, like, how, like, what's going wrong that they're so affected by, like, this online platform bullshit?
1: Well, I think part of it is, like, how, like, people are just becoming more and more soft. Like, I do not listen to a but lot of- why, though? I don't listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Is it Rogan. parenting? I don't listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, but there was this quote that he had. It's probably not even his fucking quote. I just, like, I heard this. I was like, that is the most accurate shit I've ever heard, man. Basically, the quote was, I swear to God, as long as I'm on this, this podcast, probably for our whole friendship, as long as you know me, this might be the smartest thing I'll ever tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the best piece of information I've ever shared. I think you're smarter than you think you're. you No, know, I'm pretty smart. I think damn you don't smart. give yourself no, enough credit. I know cut. I'm pretty smart, but... This is, this is not my shit, but this is the smartest shit I've ever heard in my life. I hear this, night, I think about it every day. Like, it's really, 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 really awkwardly true, and it just plays over and over again. It goes, hard times make hard men. Hard men make easy times. Easy times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. And that shit is so cyclical, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe gotta you gotta go at, to war. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at war. Look at, like, really hard times make really hard people. Hard people... Make really easy times. Easy times, what we kind of have now, just make weak people. And weak people, as we're seeing right now, are beginning to make really, really hard times. Like things are getting worse. There's got to be something
0: in that circle though that can be adjusted to keep it going in a good direction. I think it's a flaw in human nature. I think we're bound to be fucked, man. But look at like the people who you think are doing it correctly. Whether you're talking about like running a business or... Um, a charity or a parent or whatever. Yeah. Who's doing it correctly and what are they doing differently than most of society that are creating, for lack of a better word, babies? I think it, like for me, when I think of the people who are fixing
1: it, Um, I was just talking to someone. I was talking to my cousin about this. My cousin Colin, we we're driving from from Aniganish to Halifax on my way home. and He was talking to me about a, a movie called Idi- Idiocracy. Okay. Has anyone seen this? No. Basically, it was just like, how it's, a, it's like a parallel of two people. Two, like a man and woman who had a kid, they're both college educated, or they haven't had a kid. They're both college educated, they're both professionals. And then it's like two people in a, uh, like a, like a like low income, not educated, uh, not, like just not, like maybe young, maybe like impoverished. And I might be paraphrasing this wrong. So if people have actually seen this movie, I haven't, this is how it was explained to me. But how these two people most of the time, these people create one kid. This kid's going to grow up to be a doctor or a lawyer. He's going to be really, really great. Not saying that these two people can't do that. But in the movie, my understanding is these two people, in this one generation, it takes these two people to have this one kid. He goes to school, meets his wife, has another kid, maybe has two kids. These people are now like 60 people growing up in like whatever, like a a shittier situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's the idea that I think from what Colin was explaining to me, and i haven't seen the movie but the world is going to keep getting shittier because the really the people who should be having kids and who can you know they have a financial plan they have skills they have patience they have they have the skills to have a kid people who should have pa- kids they're having less and less kids and the people who shouldn't be having kids not educated not really like don't have the finances and that is not all to say people who are on this side can't be great parents but it's just like the overarching, and again, I might be misinterpreting what Colin said, but the overarching idea that the world is going to keep shifting in this shit direction because this population will keep getting smaller and this population will keep getting bigger. But it's also my understanding that this population has like some sort of like duty to like every one of these people have to like get like 10 people on the other side and like try to pick them up type thing. You know, like almost like, a, like, like start a company, hire these 10 employees. Right. Way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I could have I haven't seen the movie, I could have butchered that, but that's how Colin explained it to me. And for me, I I found it to be a fascinating idea of kind of why the world's going the direction it's going.
0: I don't know. I feel like if you're on one of the two sides, like politics, <laughs> like you're almost doomed for shit. Right? Like if you're a trust fund baby, your parents are worth a billion dollars, you're almost doomed for shit because life is way too easy. Then you get to 24 and you face the first adversity that you've ever faced in your life and you crumble yeah. know, but and you start big, using
1: drugs and no, know, it just goes so. so sideways. I think there's a huge safety net for those people.
0: Trust Fund Babies,
1: there's a huge safety net. Like, 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 Look at that guy, that swimmer who raped those girls in the States. How the fuck did that guy just walk scot-free? His dad was at the government. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Rock, I know exactly. His dad was a governor general or like a a lawyer or something or something. Like if that's some black kid from the ghetto and that exact same thing happens, I guarantee you that kid is not getting six months probation.
0: So maybe there's more opportunity. And I mean, there's 100,000% more opportunity in that side of it. But at the same time, like that kid is so fucked. There's no doubt. he's never. there's, There's no doubt the kid's fucked. He's never having a life that like maybe you or I are having that are appreciating daily things. Like going for a run? Yeah, like, you you got to think of like these, like those
1: people, like that Brock guy and these people who come from like these really, I can think of a couple people in my head who they have these, these really, really like, like they were given everything. I think they're too slightly stupid to realize that how like people who have been giving everything and they think their life is great, like, but they're always, they're always talking shit. They're always jealous. Mm-hmm. They're always, you know, like, like just, they're just shitty. That's people. what I mean. They're, they're too stupid to realize how shitty they are. I think. You know what I mean? Like Brock doesn't know he's an asshole, I don't think.
0: I don't know who Brock
1: is. The, the swimmer guy, I just told you about him.
0: Oh, I didn't know that was his name. I think both sides are not good. And I think being somewhere in the middle, like lower middle class, middle class, upper middle class, I think is a good position to be in. Like look at our families growing up. We are both like, middle class to lower middle class. I don't yeah. know. I don't know uh, how you categorize it. In terms I'd say, of yeah, lower middle, middle, to middle class, middle
1: like, class, like paycheck to paycheck, but not struggling. To but
0: play. like your parents Dude. aren't buying you random shit, like fucking cars no. when you're 16. No. Dude, no. Like I asked chance. my dad for a car. He's like, yeah, I'll drive you to get a car. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. But I like, I need to buy a car. He's like, you better get a fucking job then. <laughs> or like basketball shoes in grade seven. Like I tell this story all the time. Like dad, I knew basketball shoes. My last year's shoes are size seven. And my figure four sizes, another size 11. I can't wear my last year's shoes for basketball this year. It's like, okay, here's $50. Like new basketball shoes cost 150. It's like, well, you better get a job. <laughs> yeah. no, It's, it's right? true. Yeah. But like, there is oh, what do you spot. need? New basketball shoes? Sure. Here's, here's my credit card. Yeah. And then they go to the mall and buy three pairs of basketball shoes, a full track suit, yeah. seven no hats. They, they, bring their, the shoes. they bring yeah. their buddy over.
2: Yeah.
0: Or to the sh- they buy him new shoes. It's, Yeah. The respect for money, I think, is huge on that side. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think money is just, an aspect, just the respect, It's, it's an aspect, 100%. Gr- an
1: aspect. It has to be gratitude, right? You have to have gratitude. You have to appreciate things, whether it's...
0: And that's parenting, though, yeah,
1: right? Whether it's like a material thing or a non-material mm-hmm. thing, right?
0: And on the other side, it's the potentially lack of opportunity because you know you maybe your mom is not home because she's working three jobs to try to put food on the table and so you just don't necessarily have the um the like parenting touch that we had that our mom was home every day and like made dinner for us and was like there to help us with homework and all that bullshit
1: I don't know I'll say this this will be the second smartest thing i ever say behind that Joe Rogan
0: quote the Joe Rogan quote is really interesting, but I feel like there's a way to break that. It's just people don't want to. Okay. The soft people have no interest in, in learning. They just want everything so easy. And the governments that are in power right now, especially in Canada, are just interested in giving more shit to the soft people.
1: Well, so you're, you're saying, I hope we can come back to my second smartest thing. ever. We will. Okay. But you're saying that the issues with the soft people, in my opinion... It is almost the part before that, the easy times. Like times should never just be like, like they should never just be like, no people should never have to like, just like, like look at guys who retire. But whose fault is the
0: easy times though? That's what I'm saying is, is it the parenting of the easy times? Cause we're technically in the generation of the parenting of the easy times. So our parents had easy times. We're now the people. Correct. Because their parents were, ruining were the, the world ones fighting we're in the to war. We're
1: start a really hard time for people who aren't even born yet. That's basically my understanding of it. Our generation, yeah. Our generation and also like I would say just a generation just blow us yeah. and just blow them. We're basically going to fuck up the entire world again. And then the next generation, people who are just about to be born, they're going to be back in the hard times. Hey, the world's on fire. Hey, everything's being corrupt. Oh my God. You know what I mean? It's going to be those guys who are going to have to fix it. But yeah, I think it's, it's the easy times that's the issue. Like I'm not saying time should ever be easy or hard. Time should just be like like really – like easy times is what ruins people, right? Like easy times is what made everyone so soft and like people are so easily offended. People will sit there and just like look, in the, like, like look for reasons. Some people are so easily offended. They look to be offended on behalf of other people. Yeah. That is crazy to me. Like – I'm offended because that person, that guy's not even offended, but he should be offended, so I'm offended. That is fucking crazy to me. (laughs) Seriously, that is really common right now. People, like my brother, he works on a, my brother works on a First Nations reserve in North Vancouver, and all the people he works with and loves are First Nations people. And some of their thoughts on the things that non-First Nations think offend First Nations is... They're like, yeah, like, maybe just these guys. Cause like he works with, you know, a couple, I don't know, maybe 50, 60 people. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't bother us at all. Like we're like really proud of, like, the, the best example was having the, um, the Vancouver Canucks hockey team had yes, the, yeah. the helmet with the native logo, but it was drawn by a white person or, a, or like a European descent person. And the people who were actually First Nations were like, that is amazing that our art is being mm-hmm. displayed on like something that is like so important to us, like our national. Sport, our art is being displayed. And then there's a bunch of super angry white people being like, how dare you guys yeah. not use a First Nation artist? And then the First Nation people are like, no, 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 this is good. We like this. Like, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like being offended on behalf of other people. I think it's, it's, it's like next level, man.
0: When I was in North Dakota, our name was the Fighting Sioux, which is the name right. of like a First Nation tribe. And there was a, probably a handful of our basketball games where – people came to protest with like poster boards yeah, about the name. And I remember walking into the bus one day and going to our coach and being like, why are white people protesting? And there was no like First Nations people protesting. It was all like yeah. Caucasian people. And I didn't, under, I was like 18 years old at the time. I had no, I didn't understand it. And I understand the point that you just made of like people being upset about what they think other people should think. You're offended on behalf of and them.
2: like you're representing
1: sc- an offended person.
0: Our school was actually really cool, where there was like maybe two or three times throughout the basketball season where our team would go to one of the reserves in in the state and like host a basketball camp wow. and at the end like we I'd say we spent like three hours like coaching kids and like doing drills with people and like ho- uh, on the reserve. And then the last like half an hour was just like we would just like playfully scrimmage. Yeah. And there was hundreds of people from the reserve that were watching and cheering our scrimmage, which was like a 30% scrimmage. Like no one's going hard. Of course, you're not fucking dunking on these kids. No, 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 no. We're playing against our team. So it's like five on five, our team playing against each other. okay, Okay. And it's not like a practice where you're like going hard. It's just more like playful. Yeah. And they were going nuts, like so happy to have us there. God, I love hearing shit like that, man. It was so cool and like so fun. And then like a week later, there's white people protesting at our games. And I just made no, I was so confused about the whole, how this was uh, coming about. I, I I didn't understand it. But my th- like my th- the point you just made was exactly the same feeling I was feeling back then, but I didn't know why. Yeah,
2: I, was, I was just going to say, if we just keep getting rid of all these names and stuff, do we just their history disappears, no? That's what I thought oh. though. I, I thought like this
0: is such a cool thing for them to yeah. be represented with the state university, right? Like we were the University of North Dakota.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And their their logo, their tribe name is being represented throughout the country on the university. I, I don't I I I don't I've never like had a one on one conversation with someone of the tribe saying, like, how do you guys feel exactly. about this? Yeah. But it seemed like they were super welcome having yeah. us come into their,
2: yeah, yeah to their gym
0: and play with the kids and like, stuff.
1: These these teams in North America now that are having their names taken away, like the Redskins, Redskins and stuff, like the Illinois in,
0: in, basketball team, Chicago I think. Blackhawks, Chicago, yeah,
1: it's totally. So like, let's take away right now who we've known when we've had it and when we don't have it. Right now, let's move forward fifty years. Those don't even exist anymore. Yeah. Is that better for their like for that culture that memory like? Or is it worse that now it's like yeah it's the, the the flying squirrels you know like it has nothing to do with this yeah, his, there's no history like the the art the everything right like like with first like First Nation specifically like I feel like it's such a cool like the the culture like there's food there's art there's language there's dancing the whole thing is fucking awesome right yeah. and that can so easily be celebrated like the fighting suit, you can have like you can have things to like bring that and like bring that energy bring like you know you can have dancers you can have like like concessions and stuff. And, or we can just sell fucking French fries and hot dogs and for the purple squirrels in 50 years. Like, it doesn't, like, now I get it. Like, because we can see both sides. But in 50 years, it's just going to be, that doesn't exist anymore. It's just
0: the flying That's squirrel. what I felt like. It was, like, just a way to assimilate more, yeah. right? Just a way to, like, remove the culture and just say, okay, now everything is the fucking Broncos. Man, that's actually
1: deep as fuck, man. Because, like, that's, that's pretty crazy to think about. Because these things are literally being kind of, like, really
2: erased. I like, got one more thing. Do we have a problem with the fighting Irish? Has no one talks about that ever, right? It's, it's a soccer team. But fight, yeah, fighting, it, fighting Sioux, fighting Irish. What's the difference? You're still nationality, right? We're representing a group of people. It's
0: just Damn, the nationality that in North America was like taken over by white people. Yeah, and their rights were taken away, and well, they were actually, told to hold move hold on to a reserves. Second, hold on. Like the, the Irish, the Irish true, people went through shit too. They were fucking treated like absolute shit. Like for generations
1: on the East Coast of the United States, like they were, they were like. They they called them oh I'm not even gonna say it, but they called them the something to do with black people. They're like a different version of oppressed black people at that time. There's a show about it. They used to call them something because like they were basically the like the slaves of that area. I can't remember what it was called, but there was a show about it. Like the Irish were really oppressed in North America. Um,
2: so what, everyone who's oppressed, we should just get rid of their name.
1: No, but that's but that's a good point though, because like, that's well, tricky too, uh, the fighting right? Irish, like, I know. You never
2: hear shit about like never no, it's hear about the all the time. And you don't see Irish,
0: like... Irish people getting upset. But then
1: you don't really see... Because that
0: logic just makes no sense. Like, if you flash forward to today, like, who's been oppressed the last 20 years? We're talking about, like, LGBTQ community. Like, in 20 years from now, we're just erasing the community because we're... Like, it's almost the same logic.
2: Yeah, I see what you're saying. It doesn't
0: make any sense. We're, like, trying to celebrate people, like, in today's society. Like, we're, you know, be whoever the fuck you want to be. Canada's gonna be fine like nobody cares do your thing versus on the other side of people who were oppressed first nations specifically in this conversation a hundred years ago are now being erased yeah they're called like the names like where they're celebrating and you think though
1: like as a, a sports team specifically Sports team to have a name that's associated—that's a really powerful thing, right? Like, I
2: thought it was so cool. When totally, I was there. Like, look at the Dakota Montreal. Has so much history. Totally, right? yeah. like,
1: Montreal Canadians, right? Yeah, like these are things that are meant to not be negative, but they're they're in a positive. A sports team having a name is in a positive sense, right? New York Yankees, totally. Uh, New York, England Patriots, Canucks. Yeah, like Canucks are another name for Canadians, right? Mm. Like, like, uh, yeah, that's that's really interesting because a sports team—it'd be different if it was something negative, like hey, we're going to name groups of
0: criminals after these people, Right, that's you know what okay. I mean? But it's like a, a sports team that would be celebrated. I took a photo of the eight names that the um, Washington, Washington Redskins are now thinking of naming their team. And it is unbelievably bad. And it has to just be like super political type me- oh, yeah. like people that are just like, okay, well, this is not going to offend anyone, so we should put this down. One of them was, like, Wild Hogs. The Washington Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs are scary. Like, they are, like... Hey, they, they are. How is that an NFL team name? How are What's Cleveland, what's a Cleveland Brown? I don't know. But it's been their name for, like, 50 years, so why do you just erase it and put Wild Hogs on the logo, like... Yeah, like, you
1: know, as we have this conversation, like, I guess I never really gave it a thought, but it does seem a little bit like we're taking something that's powerful and we're we're not we, but like whoever is, is kind of like taking away from that history, you know?
0: I think, so for my very limited experience with the Sioux tribe in uh, North Dakota, they seemed, and like the people that we talked to, and the people that we like were coaching in these camps and stuff like that, they seem like they were super excited and um, thankful for like the involvement of the university. And I, I, I feel like this whole movement of removing the names is not involving the people that it actually like is about.
2: It's the people who are the loudest, right? Calling the shots and they're not even involved. It's like the
0: NCAA being like, oh, we feel we as old white men, Organization. we talk about old, working, old white men yeah. all the time on this podcast, Carl. Old white men, we as old white men feel that this is offensive to the tribes. Where the tribes are like, we actually really like that the university involves us. I wonder and what happens like helps happen our if kids you did. out. And
2: like, we I don't know, know right. anything
0: about basketball. They come here and yeah. teach our kids basketball. Our like,
2: young kids love wearing jerseys and they got like their tribe on them and stuff.
0: Totally.
1: So do you think if they like, like,
2: polled, for example,
1: the, Let's see, take one of 10 Again, people's. my
0: super limited experience with this exact topic was the Sioux tribe in North Dakota. And it seemed like they were so pumped to have us there. We sat in the classrooms one day and we're just like helping kids read and write. Like the teacher was up there and they would, the kids would have quite, I don't know what grade, I can't remember what grade they were. This was like 12 years ago, but like grade three, four, whatever kids. And we were just like sitting there beside them, like helping them do do their homework and stuff. It was, so, it was actually a really cool experience. And then like one day it was like a basketball camp. It was cool. It seemed like it was pretty positive. It's like college athletes, like people that in the States, a lot of people look up to. I don't know.
1: It's kind of shocking to me, actually. Like I'm trying to think here, like realistically, like if I, actually I can't really do that, but I wonder what would happen if you did ask those people, like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, would they be like, yeah, we actually want you to take our, Tribe off the university's jerseys and call them the turtles or something. Like,
0: it seems such
1: a weird thing to do. Like,
2: Um, I'm, yeah, I don't,
0: yeah. In, like, from my experience with this exact thing being having a name of a tribe on your jersey, there was literally nothing that I can remember that was in any way disrespectful. Hmm. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. It was cool to even like remember those experiences that I don't think about very much with the kids.
1: Yeah, I can only imagine what that'd be like.
2: Like it's, it's just crazy. crazy seeing you guys. On
0: so eye opening as like an eighteen year old oh, kid yeah. from from Canada
2: too. We come back to being well rounded, right? There you go. There's an experience.
1: Huh. Well, boys, we really scratched back that. Was good state. chick. That was good, Alex. Yeah. Two and a half should, hours. We should go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm hungry. Two hours and 35 minutes. I wonder if anyone's going to listen to that whole thing. Holy shit. it's
0: a good one. Someone probably will. I just like the idea of regular humans talking about regular things that we're just told how to think on. I like the idea that we have different opinions and sometimes we disagree and then you say something that makes me think a little more and then it alters my thought process a that's, a, bit.
2: that's the big thing because even when you guys disagree it's never negative right it's always my o-
0: we, we talked
1: about that we talked about literally like the best way to like move forward as a world is to be able to have open conversations with like disagreeing parties
2: and they the problem is yeah when you when you stop having those conversations just flat out refuse totally. right that's where the issues and then you come start in. getting yeah. you know like now i'm not
1: talking to danny about these things to disagree i got five little shitheads like me yeah. talking about it and like fuck danny danny has five little shitheads like danny being like we fuck Alex and his shitheads.
2: And these shitheads are the loudest.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Then now, now everyone's the loudest, yeah. And to me, that's the scariest thing about the way that Canada seems it's going right now is that, like, vaccine passports, for example, if you say that they're bad, like, you just I get know. fucking attacked. Yeah. You can't have an opinion, right? Like, why can't you just have an opinion and, like, have Talk a conversation with someone? Whether it is housing... Vaccine passports, whatever bullshit. It should be
2: anything. Anything.
0: Why? Well, I don't understand why the conversation is, is being uh, like depressed right now.
1: Man, in our, in our group chat, do you, you ever seen Harry Potter? Oh, yeah. In our group chat, one of our friends who loves Harry Potter was talking about And it was so funny and so accurate. He was basically, remember number five with Umbridge? Yep. Remember Professor Umbridge? Dolores. Dolores, yeah. Dolores. yeah yep. I mean, he started putting the decrees on the wall. Know this, know this. Mm -hmm. So basically he was saying like the the vaccine passport, like overall as a society, we know this is is wrong thing to do. It's kind of overstepping a boundary to separate people being like haves and and haves. Like overall as a society, we know it's wrong. It's like umbridge knocking those things on the wall. But no one's really because of like the power system and like how things are, like no one's gonna say anything. No one can say anything. No one can say anything until the Ministry of Magic, who we believe is protecting, like in their, that situation, they believe the Ministry of Magic mm-hmm. was protecting everyone. You know what I'm talking about? Here? I do.
2: Yes, I do. The Ministry
1: of Magic was corrupt. It was fucking everyone.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Goddamn Harry Potter, man. I
0: never told you this, but someone I know well, I went over to their house. One of their kids said something about Umbridge. Like, they've been watching Harry Potter, and they say to me, that's what we call Dr. Bonnie. <laughs> Oh. This is like a year and four months ago, like right from the beginning of COVID. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know if necessarily that is the right thing yeah, to like agree with that. share with your kids being like, she's corrupt as fuck from right. the beginning. I think she's an intelligent person. I think she's a puppet though, Yeah. which Umbridge was a puppet. And so at the same time, I was like... You can see the connection. Yeah, it's not a bad reference. <laughs> I thought that was so funny though.
1: Yeah, that is pretty funny, actually.
0: Especially as a funny. big Harry
1: Potter fan. No, I, I, I think that I like Bonnie, and I don't think I like Umbridge. I think that Bonnie just is, again, like she's doing what she thinks is the best. But like how much do, okay, okay, do does you, she have? Do you
0: actually think that in any one of her press conferences for the last 18 months, she said anything that she firmly believes? I don't. I think I she's a scapegoat. I haven't believed one word that that woman said in 18 months. I think the whole thing is filtered, and every anyone that knows me understands that I fucking hate the filter. I want people to be honest and tell you what they really think. And like the states is a prime example of their head guy, Doctor Fauci, openly lying about a bunch of shit early in the. I know that COVID. was that wasn't. A it's good just look. so filtered. right? I it
1: wasn't a good look. That I'll be honest, that was not a good luck with the head doctor getting kind of caught up a little bit. But that was not a good look for the whole overall message.
0: Mass are not needed. <laughs> Three days later, everyone needs to wear a mask immediately and the entire like outside inside bullshit. But, but, but as things, things do progress, right? Like things do change. Just I like we talking about,
1: they're fluid, right? The thing with the states though is like there's so much, like there are some people that are like here, like there, there are people that are as much against, like some people here will literally be like, if you do not get your vaccines, I will not be your friend. I'll unfollow you and everything, right? And then people is that, there, it's so bad, it that it's, pr- it's pretty extreme. There's people there. <laughs> who like if you do get your vaccines same thing I will not be your friend I, I don't want anything to do with you You go to hell you know what I mean like the polarization of people against each other like I'm really seeing people like starting to really fucking hate each other like people are starting to hate their neighbors man and we all gotta love each other cause we're all
2: but this in is what
0: happens when you're not allowed to have a conversation
2: yeah 100% you get teams you get tribalism right you get the same thinking yeah. people yeah yeah that's
0: not good This is why the podcast exists, so the conversations can keep flowing, Alex. Peace, sir. You want a couple bottles of wine? We'll do another one next uh, Tuesday.